previously on 94 Chill, the podcast. I know this is last minute, but will you please go to the prom with me? Ew, get lost, Jimmy. Get your prom tickets! I cannot wait to take you to the prom tonight. Jimmy, quit acting like an idiot and dissect your frog. Not even coming in there, man. It's empty. Run! Oh hell! Why is this happening? End of the world. I'm gonna need years of therapy after this. Where y'all going? To the prom to kick some zombie ass. Are you guys with a sci-fi club we're here to rescue you hey no eating in store and welcome to this spooky month bonus episode of 90 for chill the podcast where I bring back the conversation I had with Mitchell from Morbidly Macabre about Greg Bishop's 2008 zombie comedy classic, Dance of the Dead, where the zombies decide to attack the prom. It's a tough side to pick. You have the sci-fi club trying to save the day. You got the zombies wanting to eat all the douchebags. As long as the preps are gone, I think we all win. With that said, it is going to be a longer episode because of combining a two-parter I did. Read the stats enough. Nobody listens to the second part of a two-part episode. Anyhow, after getting some inspiration from the Booze, Boobs, and Blood podcast hosted by Ween and Ray, when you're talking about movies, there might not be time limits. Uh, I'll try to keep that in mind when we discuss have our discussion for next week's episode till then i hope you enjoy this show little hands says it's time to rock and roll bring the noise since we are talking horror and comedy um might as well go and push the red button right now let's do it <laughs> all right the, the ice has been broken here my friend yes <laughs> oh no it's it's a it's a perfect podcast just like intro just oh know, of course you know we've been talking and we're just going with the flow so uh, this week on 90 for Chill, the podcast, I have Mitchell Witt on the other end of the Zoom call, and he wanted to talk about a definitely underappreciated zombie comedy, Dance of the Dead from Ghost House uh, Pictures from 2008. I believe when I rewatched it last night on Amazon Prime, it had an 80% fresh rating uh, from Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, love it. Which wow. kind of surprised me because there's a lot of like I, I don't know there's a lot of movies that seem to get a I mean I don't I didn't check the meta score or anything like that. Well, so from my experience, Rotten Tomatoes for me at least seems to be a little more generous when it comes to film rating because when I go on to IMDb, 
Um, usually the IMDb score will be a little bit more strict, a little bit more tough. It'll be a little bit lower usually, especially when it comes to films like this. Well, you um, also have users getting to exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, I think it's, I think there's two different crowds that go to these websites. I think it's two different, two different vibes is what I get. Oh yes. No, I cause want... I go on IMDb and it seems like it's just a little bit more pretentious at times. And I feel like sometimes people just leave reviews that aren't necessarily educated about the film or like why it is the way that it is they're just like it's shit it's shit yes (laughs) i can't believe this happened to me but whenever i read reviews on rotten tomatoes it seems to be a little bit different there seems to be a different vibe going with with rotten tomatoes you have to be a genuine critic somebody that's right yeah so i mean you can always try i found that you can use you can always trust rotten tomato because you got the smartest minds or the most educated minds not going to say smart because we all know about quote whores. <laughs> um, at most educated minds uh, taking assessment. Well, that's obviously not the case because we don't have our certification yet. So obviously that's not the right. Right. <laughs> no, right. I, well, I've got to, you know, to, I had two oh. um, professor, well, uh, instructors at the uh, junior college level who said, oh, you really should be uh, writing film reviews. So. <laughs> All right. right. You did something that's publishable. So that's right. Figured, figured that was enough uh, for me to start a podcast. And just to let you know, uh, Mitchell here, he has his own podcast uh, with another one of our fellow uh, blue shirt guys. Um, I've already mentioned where I've, where, where I've worked incidentally on the podcast. So I'm not afraid of that. I see. Okay. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. Austin Pontius. Uh, that's right. Yep. The, um, no, I had your page pulled up. No, it's okay. I will, uh, if you don't mind, I'll just, I'll just do Go it. Go ahead. Yeah. So I have an amazing podcast with my friends, Austin Pontius and Brian Ward, and it's called Morbidly Macabre, where we talk everything, anything, and whatever morbid and macabre. So we, get, we, we touch a lot of topics with true crime. We talk about a lot of horror movies. Um, we talk about like specific scenarios like Last week was actually our best episode to date that's doing super well. We did a because it was the anniversary of Columbine when we recorded. All right. We did kind of a deep dive on that and that was really fun. So I would I would recommend if we have new listeners listening to Russ's beautiful podcast here, if you want to have a nice kickoff on my podcast, that'd be a good episode to do it. So um, but yeah, morbidly macabre, check us out. We're on all the major platforms with spotify apple podcasts stitcher whatever your your mom's sync whatever what if, if, <laughs> if you can if you can listen to a podcast on it it's there so definitely okay. give us some love and we would appreciate it and uh yeah i just want to thank russ too in the beginning here to let me be on i'm really i'm really excited to be on a fellow friends podcast and uh, talk about a film that i'm really really passionate about a film that i don't think i have found anybody that has actually seen it or wants to see it and even wants to talk about it for some time on a podcast so this is really exciting for me so let's i'm ready well you know i kind of find that pretty odd that the uh one thank you for the uh compliments really find it uh kind of odd that dance of the dead has um kind of uh just I know it was part of the ghost like back in 2000, the late uh, aughts. Yeah. Uh, you had basically two lines of horror movie uh, movies being released, just like brief right to theaters, like catch him. You had the uh, eight films, the die for series. That's right. Yeah. And you had a uh, ghost house underground and um, 
Ghost House Underground, when you when you could stack the lineups against each other, Ghost House Underground was the uh, str- looks like looks like the stronger. I've seen more of their films. I've really only seen a couple of the uh, eight films to die for. One of them being Frontiers, which didn't oh, actually didn't actually yeah. get get listed on. Uh, I guess because of the uh, NC seventeen on it, they wouldn't uh, actually include it with the eight films. <laughs> Oh really? I see. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I was just looking at Wikipedia today on that one. But uh, Ghost House, uh, I mean, it's Sam Raimi's money, really. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. and uh, Dance of the Dead is definitely up their alley. I mean, Sam Raimi, you know, made his made his bones with um, Evil Dead. So, oh yeah. So and. Uh, I don't think they do anything with the underground label anymore, uh, but you know, I don't think so. I don't think so. I remember seeing a handful of those of those films, and that's you know that's where I got introduced to you know Dance of the Dead, um, and yeah, I just remember it being kind of like a mixed bag for me. I remember Dance of the Dead definitely being the highlight of the films, um, but there was one I feel like that I watched in that series too. I think it had Amy Smart in it. I think it was called Seventh Moon. I think is what it was called. I think I, I'm I'm familiar familiar. I think I'm familiar or at least heard heard the name before. Yeah, but well, go. I mean, Ghost House actually kind of produced. You know, had these small little productions. They threw money behind, like Dance of the Dead. Uh, I think uh, when it came to eight films to die for, they just picked up whatever ever what other any kind of uh cheap indie stuff they could find yeah eight films to die for i definitely remember i definitely remember that too i need to look up and see what i think the only one i've seen otherwise and i think i've uh spoke about it on 90 for chill as part of uh ali's accessory shop on etsy's trash feature reviews um called dark ride featuring the uh kid who played the catcher in the sandlot oh no shit yeah <laughs> i mean it's a way awesome. it's a it's a waste of a good head bisection really sadly <laughs> let's see so um i might have seen mulberry street i feel like that i feel like that's ringing a bell i don't that's know that's probably one i i've heard of it uh that's probably one of the more um probably the one of the better known ones of them yeah, it has to be because I, I really feel like I've I feel like I've seen that. I really do. I feel like I've seen it. It yeah, I'd have to I'd have to look into that one too. And then uh yeah, that might be the only one that I'm super familiar with. I wouldn't even say I'm super familiar with it, but <laughs> well yeah. the problem with the ghost house label is I think and same thing with eight films to die for is you knew for the most part it was going to be I mean it I, I got to loving in uh, small time indie. I guess the official term is Z budget uh, features. Yeah. Um, from uh, my time watching the Drunken Zombie double features and at the old Peoria Indie Theater. Um, and I don't think Drunken Zombies do anything anymore. At least I'm trying to look keep keep track of them. They're the guys who run Acme or used to run Acme Comics in Peoria. Um, so seeing movies like Song of the Dead, which is incredible, was incredibly cheap. They probably spent all the money on getting Reggie Bannister from Phantasm to play the yeah. president, <laughs> president of the uh, country. While it is a musical, so it's got definitely has the the weird charms. Um, other and there's 
there's movies that were I saw that were trying to rip off like the 50 well not rip off it was definitely an homage to old 50 movies oh sure yeah <laughs> shot in black and white but um so I got to fall in love with this stuff so I guess that's how I finally like oh well I know that Dance of the Dead has the uh, ghost house stickers on the uh, side of the box but how am I going to turn down a you know a prom which especially for a kid who didn't go to either of his <laughs> I only went to one and I went to it against my will so yeah. I'm, I'm there with you yeah okay, okay. It's a way. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's I. It, it. I would even go as far as to say this. I think the majority of people that I know in my life that I went to high school with that took a prom date to prom, nine times out of ten they're not even together anymore. So what is the point? <laughs> like what? What? I just don't see the point. Like you're in high school, you're still developing. There's there's way more important things to worry about. There's a lot more fun things to do instead of spending what like fifty sixty dollars on a prom ticket. Spend however much you need to do on a on a prom tux, and then you got to buy the corsage, and then you got to go to a nice dinner that you're not going to remember, and you got to. It's just a whole. It's almost like a wedding. It, it really. It's like a. It's like a mini wedding. Oh, <laughs> it's it, ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I. I mean, me. It was more of just being obsessed with the with uh one girl pretty much throughout my all of my uh junior high and high school experience and just never you know i i guess i can relate to the fate of one of our protagonists in this feature (laughs) uh never 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 got it to never got her to give me that the the time the um uh is you know see me on uh level besides uh the charming dork that i am and <laughs> Stephen, I, I, if i could if i could choose between this and going to prom with you i would have chose you <laughs> so yeah so um so but i mean the reason why you know i th- I, I think it may have been totally different say uh before interstates were invented mm. i mean i can definitely I mean, I missed my high school, my 10 year high school reunion because Bret Hart was doing an autograph signing and appearance of Ring of Honor. Oh, that's way more important than a right. Reunion. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was up in Chicago. I'd rather put the 300 miles on my car. Yeah, man. And that's and that's, I think, where we're at with society. I mean, my little brother is um, expecting a kid with a girl who lives up in Naperville. He's just moving closer now but he's out of peoria so so how did that how did they meet then uh bumble so bumble that's the yeah that's the app where you have to wait for the girl to message you first yes oh i love it man yeah speaking of ghosts i mean i had a last podcast i recorded uh girl was saying uh that i was talking on bumble chatting for a couple uh Mm-hmm. okay sorry i got a weird zoom message remove the 40 limit time limit on this so i think you jumping in and out because of technical difficulties oh it said it said that the it said that the host upgraded and that's unlimited so i think we're well they don't have my credit card information so strange <laughs> i will okay. roll yeah i'll just we'll roll. roll with it yep so but 
Yeah. So long story short, you know, get from Bumble to texting and then we do the meeting. I don't know if I smelled of three servings of midnight moon moonshine my <laughs> podcast juice um and uh, then i got ghosted afterwards so oh man really yeah, yeah like, wait so did you so she came to you and you guys did the podcast in the same no 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 it was a i did the podcast and i was just center center attacks like you know supposed oh. to communicate daily and all that bollocks i gotcha and, okay i gotcha yeah so so I, I, you know, Bumble mixed bag, but it's, it's a, dude, it's rough out there, man. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm actually getting married next weekend. So I, the game, the game luckily is done for me. I mean, you still, you still gotta, you know, you still gotta surprise every now and again, you can't get stale, right? You can't, you can't make them feel like, you know, it's it like everything's done. Like you gotta keep things, you know, uh, fresh and all that stuff. Oh. So, but um, no, it's I'm I'm a super I'm in a super lucky situation because yeah I struggled for a long time too. I think mainly it was like insecurity too. I just kind of felt like um, like like it wasn't going to happen for me. And <laughs> since we're talking blue shirt, I mean you know meeting meeting your future wife at at that beautiful place <laughs> is ironic in itself because I think of that place as like a hellhole now. But I mean. <laughs> Oh no! It uh, no the uh, Minneapolis-based electronic stories getting a lot of love. <laughs> we had Kodiak on the podcast before. And, oh man! Uh, who, so how, who 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 all of you had on this podcast so far? Because I feel like I've listened to a couple of your uh, episodes, but I don't know if I've listened to them all. Well, I've really only had um, I guess four guests when it comes down to it. Um, I usually fall back on the poetic critic on Letterbox. She's my older sister. Okay. Uh, I've got my ex uh, girlfriend, uh, most yes. recent relationship. Uh, that's um, and Allie. I didn't know. That, I didn't even know that you guys split because I remember talking with you about her when I still worked. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny. It happened after uh, AEW Revolution weekend, so I guess that kind of tells you. <laughs> so tells something, you so, so something sour happened. Uh, no, it's just more of um, I think we um. It was more, more or less me being obsessive compulsive and everything. So, oh. um, I just was getting a little more comfortable. I'm, I was just a little more comfortable living on my own. And, um, she didn't, she, she wasn't a fan of the concept of being in a relationship, but not, uh, not looking towards marriage and such. And not to say that I wasn't, it's just that yeah. I got my own comfort and it's, and it's, and it's, like it, it there's that portion of it was me and a portion of it was just we were never going to get on the same page on how to push things forward really is what was gonna what happened gotcha. there um so no it was a uh, no so we're we're on very good terms uh, maybe it's just for her cat that i'm watching but <laughs> <laughs> no, she's uh she goes and brings at least, i guess she i owe her a producer credit on this because she goes and brings uh about three movies uh from a certain letter that she found it uh disc replay that fit mm. the parameters are 90 for chill 74 to 100 minutes i love it yeah so yeah we're so it's all going pretty well there me i'm just uh honestly i like i like i like my living living situation with my with a couple of cats trying to figure a way to smuggle a third in but uh 
you know, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm not really, honestly, it's more about just getting out, getting out there and getting, just having, having some company, especially after a pandemic where, where, yeah, that's, uh, man, if I, if I lived by myself during that pandemic, I don't know what the hell I would have done. Honestly, I don't, (laughs) I don't know what would have happened. Cause yeah, the, my my wonderful fiance and her family definitely came in clutch because other than them, like I have no family out here at all. Like I'm on my own. So <laughs> that would have been that would have been rough. Oh, I no, I know how I know how that goes because uh, my family's all back in Peoria. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that yeah. So, Kudos to you for <laughs> for getting through, man. That's awesome. I, uh well, I mean, it's all about keep honestly, all I can say is all about keeping busy. I think yeah, moving and I mean that's that's been a uh great portion of still working uh my weekends um i mean as long as there's nothing else to do might as well make some cash oh i'm always a fan of that it's always a fan of making that money man i love it yep so but um so yeah so basically long story short uh too late as my sister would love to quote from clue um (laughs) that um you know the uh, the prom stuff is, I think uh, just false expectations. <laughs> uh, you're you know you're encouraged to live that '50s dream <laughs> of, oh I'm never leaving this small town anyhow. Might as well, you know, get ready to marry the sweetheart type bollocks. <laughs> oh man, which is kind of pretty much I think. Uh, you know, gives us a smart protagonist in uh, Dance of the Dead uh, with his, uh, I think it's Jimmy, James. Jimmy Dunn. All right. Yes. Jimmy Dime Dum Dam Dom Dam Dunn. Yes. Good old Jimmy Dunn. Yes. So the uh, guy who's pretty much just uh, makes it from point A to point B driving his his boss's pizza delivery truck. Completely. We know what's ironic about him is he has been he hasn't been in a ton of movies. He's been in a handful of movies, the actor. And one of the other movies he's in is just called Prom and it's a movie just about prom. So he's in two movies <laughs> that center around a senior prom. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, sadly for him it's probably not the one with uh, James Corden and Meryl Streep. It sure is not. It yes. sure is not. It's the one with, I don't think, is there any actors in it? That's, I don't even know if there's any big name people in it. I don't know. Well, it's a really good question. It's been years since I've seen it. It's, it's kind of more of a, uh, it's kind of more of like a teeny weeny kind of movie, you know, like, uh, Oh yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't think. No, no, I'm just going through IMDB. got IMD pulled up on the phone. Really? Yes. I guess I, could see moving to a bigger apartment so i could get myself a dual monitor system but <laughs> oh dude yeah dual monitor with all this uh stated uh might as well list the important forces behind uh dance of the dead that would be uh director greg bishop and yes. writer joe Bena- balanar ballerini yes yes so yep. and uh I guess just clicking on Ballerini, I guess another feature he did was a babysitter's guide to monster hunting on Netflix. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And as for Greg Bishop, um, looks like he's more of a pretty traditional horror movie guy. 
Uh, he was he does have a bit on one of the VHS films. So I, yeah, I did see that. I did see that he had that. It's on the VHS viral, so like one of the worst ones of them all. But oh, I mean, you know. well, I, I hadn't gotten around to. I'm still just uh, meaning to get around the VHS. So well, you know, VHS is a cool idea. I mean, anytime you run into like anthology horror movies, oh, yeah, I've seen both of the uh, ABCs of Death. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the ABCs of Death and. Uh, Man, the other ones are escaping me. But yeah, there's some there's some interesting horror anthology movies that I would say are worth looking into. Yeah, I would I'd say, say Chillerama with um, yeah is another one. Uh, a lot of familiar faces in that one. Yes. So. Yeah. Eric, Eric, Eric Roberts covered in jizz. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime <laughs> jizz is involved, you know that it's uh, it's worth the two ninety nine. You know. Yes. No, that's the that's the right price point. So uh, Apple, right. iTunes, two ninety nine, baby. Knock a buck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm so old that I remember when, uh, like before Spotify and Apple Music, where you had to pay ninety nine cents for a track or like nine ninety nine for the whole album. Yeah, that was that was a nicer time. I I get. I mean, I'm you know for somebody who uh, did this last you know, just a 10 minute podcast yesterday um, on Tuesday about uh, socialism. I, I do like the convenience of just uh, paying a buck 30 and getting the song I like. And especially now with the dig- uh, physical media disappearing. Yeah. It, the disappearing of physical media for me is a little bit scary because I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Like the digital, Digital is a good thing for certain scenarios. Like it is nice to have the convenience of, you know, oh, I can watch this or I can all go watch this or I can find this. But I do collect physical media for both vinyl and Blu-rays and 4K, I guess now. Yeah. Um, And there's just, there's something that you can't, like you can't replace physical media, especially when it comes to the ones that you're passionate about, like the collections. Like, oh, I've yeah, I've got. Like if you're if you're talking like a Halloween box set or like a Friday the Thirteenth box set or like stuff like that, like you're not gonna get that experience by just watching all those films digitally. Like it's oh, just not it's not gonna happen. So oh, yeah, and of course they all come out after I've you know looked everywhere for exactly the digital i mean looked everywhere for copies of stuff and then you rely on digital and then you get the phantasm box set complete in a little uh death orb yeah if you want to if you want to have the same experience i did by like feeling really small there's a couple of youtube channels where these guys take you into like their um their film collections and it just makes me feel like shit because they have like these entire like master rooms just full of all of these blu-rays and collections and 4k movies and all these collectible items and it goes on for hours and it just makes me feel like what am i doing with my life like why can't (laughs) what do i have to do to have something like that like how much money is is in that room right now like (laughs) like it's crazy it's crazy well i mean i i I still do my best, I guess, because I've got, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So 30, approximately 30 printer paper boxes. Oh, wow. Of uh, Funko Pops. So nice. Um, yeah, nice. I think, I think the most I've ever put down for one is 80 bucks, but uh, 80 bucks. Wow. Oh, I'm, yeah. I mean, 
it, it, the, the scary thing at least with that i guess the problem with collecting in general is like um i don't know it's kind of like what are you going to do with it when you're uh when you're gone so it is bittersweet right yeah yeah I mean, a poor i mean i i do have a body bag that i put a lot of collectibles in because <laughs> i figure every grave is going to get robbed at some point you, know, <laughs> you might as well give people a you know you know give some every grave is going to get robbed at some point i like that i like that line i'm using that from now on. <laughs> yeah so i mean you might as well give them a reward every now and then of course yeah you hit the jackpot baby yeah so um but i guess the problem with the video media is that digital is the best sadly while um we all realized once itunes came around that no analog is the best for audio so of course yeah 100 percent yeah so that's that's audio it's not even a question like if anybody sits there and tells me that they think that digital audio quality wise is better than analog. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're talking about. You right. don't know what audio is then. Cause that's just the, the fact that like, and people think that like people I've talked to people and they legitimately think that digital audio sounds better than analog audio. I don't know how the hell you could think that like the, the, the space that digital audio has to go from the source to whatever you're putting into it, whether it's speakers, headphones, whatever, whatever have you. Like it, it doesn't like, it, I guess the only way you could really do like a, like an analogy for it is um, with analog, it's just straight without smacking with it. Like you're just getting straight to the source, straight audio, straight awesomeness, right? When you go digital, it has to go through so many different avenues, so many different twists and turns before it gets to the source. So it's going to be more distorted. It's not going to be as high a quality. You're not going to get... It's, it's not what the artist intended you to listen to it in that way. That's the best way I can say it. The, the artist wants you to listen to it in the right way, and that's not digital. But that's mm-hmm. a whole other argument. That's a whole other oh, well, <laughs> topic. Yeah. So I love it. So, yeah. So I don't know. I kind of – but thinking about that, like uh, I found uh, Dance of the Dead on Amazon Prime for free right now. Well, obviously, if I say Amazon Prime, it's free. Uh, that's right but um i found it available and it was like okay good so i don't have to go and dig out the uh dvdr i burned off of Fearnet. uh that is so awesome that you said that because i think that's exactly where i saw it for the first time i was gonna say that too i because i think i had i think Fearnet was an add-on to um comcast uh Uh, it was if you on demand yeah, if you had the on-demand service, Freenet yeah. was a free was a free network. I Dude, oh man, I, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, I I knew it was Comcast on demand, but I totally forgot that it was Freenet, and that's where a lot of those horror movies that came out of that era. That's where I saw them for the first time. Well, I think it was like I think it was Lionsgate money behind it. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I mean, Fearnet's not around any longer, sadly. Uh, yeah, and I, I have not taken the time to actually, I canceled Netflix. I have not taken the time though, to go and finally subscribe to shutter. I guess I just, once I finish off, uh, American gods, I'll cancel stars, move to shutter. But then again, American, um, stars has that, uh, Stephen Amell show called, uh, heels coming up about wrestling. So that's right. Uh, so, that's but right. 
I, I hate to say it, hadn't watched. Uh, I guess that's a problem when you spent. Uh, I mean, I go by the old Boondock Saints Seven Eleven an, uh, analogy when it comes to my wrestling career. Um, we might not always we might not be working, but we're always open. So that's right. If you're if you're looking for somebody to throw around, I I've my bump card's still got plenty left on it. That's right. Cardio card, um, not so much, but. Um, Dude, I don't think anybody has good cardio anymore after this year, man. Well, <laughs> kudos to you. I, I'm, you know, that's that's the weird thing for me about when I moved down here, and I knew that was uh, gonna be the case. I'm, I've been uh, 41 for the last couple months now, so a lot older than everybody I end up meeting down here. So wait, Russ, you're 41? Yes. I did not know that. I what really? Yeah. Get the hell out of here. 41. Mm. I would have never guessed that. Oh. I would have never guessed that. No, wow. no, unless unless you like the only time I've people have guessed that age is more or less just because somebody. Oh, look at Russ here. You couldn't guess his age. Dude, so. yeah, that, there's no way. I didn't think that we were that far apart. I really didn't. I did not think that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, so Dayton's really weird, honestly, I guess. Because <laughs> like, I always have to consider, like, oh, yeah, I'm probably 11 years older than <laughs> this person. I, oh, I didn't know this about you as well. Do you speak Mandarin? Oh, uh, my, uh, I can comprehend it all right. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I don't, like, I, I don't really dare try to speak it. Um, sure. Uh, but... Yeah, I took a couple of years at ICC, Illinois Central College. So it was uh, basically after, so first semester, great. We had an instructor from um, a university in Shenzhen, uh teaching us. And I tried to apply for the foreign exchange program to Shenzhen. Um, they end up sending the foreign exchange kid from Latvia over there. Weird. Um and then the next semester, we just had this guy who taught English as a second language to uh, Chinese people and uh, who ran a restaurant. That semester sucked. Uh, me and my best friend at the time, um, former, I guess you might be an upcoming uh, congressional Democratic candidate, uh, Stephanie Smith, were the only two who stuck around to complete the two-year program. <laughs> And the last year of it ended up just being uh, going through Rosetta Stone. So not the best education, but I have been able to, um, especially in my hospitality time, been able to um, throw out some Mandarin to at least uh, get some of our um, our Chinese guests to calm down. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So, yeah. Uh, no, that'll, that would come in handy because I feel like with campus, yeah, you probably get a lot of people in there that speak. Oh, like yeah. No, it's it's very tempting to just – I it was kind of something from my um, high school Spanish when I was working uh, as a, um emergency service dispatcher for a writer, uh, customer response center, my first call center job, uh, when like, oh, uh, I get a Spanish-speaking driver and it's like – get you know i'm gonna I'll, please hold i'm gonna get a translator no 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 hold and it's like you're 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 you suddenly realize every important term in spanish you uh 
remember like yeah i you know when i'm sitting in on the conversation and it looks like the translator is really only operating as fast as i can like i'm getting the information like ugh. oh man so it's it's it. all you know you might as i say i i can't i don't i don't dare try to speak it but it's always it's always good to at least have some something up your sleeve to speak to people yeah no that's that's awesome i wish i could speak another language i really do yeah it's just ridiculous we don't uh well no that's that's just america for you we the good old us of a if you well i mean if you live in the midwest you're oh five thousand miles away from new york so why are you gonna need to yeah (laughs) oh sure Well, at least Minnesota and Wisconsin don't, you know, get you over with the Canadians. Fine, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, my fiance and I, she just watched this movie for the first time. I just showed her the movie Fargo for the first oh. time a couple days ago. And she looked at me and she was like, this is a joke, right? They don't actually talk like this. Oh, I'm like, oh, they oh, sure do. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I saw saw the uh, scene and I uh, was told to call it in and uh, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you betcha. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that's such a that's such a good movie. Well, it was. Uh, I think it on um, this podcast I listened to called Screen Drafts. It uh, was the number one movie in the uh, Minnesota movie draft, obviously. It had. It has to be. What yeah. other movie would it contend with it? I don't even know. Um. Well, I mean, Diablo Cody with uh, yeah, okay, Jennifer's yeah. body and uh, wait, Jennifer's body was in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. Okay. Okay. That uh, yeah. That's of up course there. Okay. young adult. Young uh, adult. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Fargo's better than that, but yeah. Oh okay. yes, no, and it was also the number one Cohen's movie, uh, Cohen Brothers movie draft and really see that could be debatable um i'm I'm more of a barton fink fan myself but now that's not what i thought you'd say that's okay that's... well no lebowski lebowski, uh... lebowski to me now before i say this i do love the film but i do think it's overrated oh uh, i i don't i mean i don't think it's overrated because i think uh whenever you watch sports center and um I know I'm one of the probably the rare guys at Best Buy who watches Sports Center. I'm there with you, brother. I'm there. With um, you. There's a usually when the late night uh, Sports Center, I think out of Los Angeles, one of the one of the co-hosts before the eighth uh, eighth entry on the top ten plays of the day, usually says market eight, market eight, market eight, man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think eight's a good spot for it in terms of the 18 film filmography of the Coen brothers. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of, and I think the second, maybe the second movie on the, on both of those drafts they did was a uh, simple man. They put that over no country for old men. Really? Yeah. I mean, um, wow. A no country for old men is a real anomaly. I mean, not an anomaly. It's just, that's just a perfect movie. So I think you kind of lose some of the vibe of your typical Coens, your sense of humor and such. Yeah. I mean, it's, no, it, yeah. it's still there in no country. Just it, it of course has to be played very sparingly. Like, 
um the entire woody like you get that from the woody harrelson character the cohen brothers comedy um you get that from anton shigura's um interactions with some of his uh some of the lesser important characters like the uh ceo who hired him to find the money yeah um and that's not really it's not really that character he's being co- very cohen we- with it's the guy who witnesses him killing <laughs> that character um uh, yeah that movie so, and and another another um cohen brother movie like that would be blood simple their first feature yes yeah uh, which absolutely is just way too perfect <laughs> i think is the problem with that film you know they were stake staking their career on it and so they did nothing wrong with it yeah no i i would agree i remember seeing it and yeah i remember it being i remember it being exceptional um i i don't think that it was as masterfully done as some of the films later i think that they definitely started coming into their own a couple films later um but as a first feature um yeah i think it's fantastic it actually kind of reminds me of um paul thomas anderson's first film Mm. it kind of has a similar kind of has a similar vibe because you see you see these these masterminds you see their brains working and you see how you see what they're thinking and you see kind of where they're trying to go with it and they almost get there and then you go to some of their more um well-known films some of their more they put more into these later films and then you really see it you're like okay this is exactly what i was looking for and then it's just it's there like Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia is like top 10 best movies of all time. in in my opinion. Right. I I've, I, you know, when I saw it for four 99 on iTunes, I bought it. And it's just trying to come up with the three hours to, to watch oh, it. It's special. Which, which it's is special. why, which is why I do a podcast about 90 minute movies. <laughs> um, well, so, if you ever if you ever oh, do watch it, you need to be you need to tell me about it the first like I need to be the first person that knows what your what your thoughts are. All right, no, most definitely there. Um, but you know when you talk about the Cohen brothers, um, they got their they got um, they got their um, skills or at least were learning them, assisting on productions like Evil Dead and. Um, so they're they're not too far removed from Sam Raimi, who of course is the guy who puts the money behind Ghost House. So right, right, yeah. We are back on track with that. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's just it's funny because again, like um, I'm kind of the film guy in our podcast. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time when I'm talking about film, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really talking to somebody that can actually like play ball back with me. So that's, mm-hmm. that's where we got off track. I, I think I was having a little fun with uh, <laughs> running right. off track a little bit, but yeah, this, this movie that we're talking about today. Yeah. It definitely yes. deserves to be talked about. Cause it's like I said, I, I think I said it already, but I'll say it again, like super underrated, super unappreciated. Like, yeah. Is it the best film ever made? Absolutely not. Like no. absolutely not. No, I, I will, I, I will tell you to get to have the extra twenty minutes and watch Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm also called too, way too British, and that's going from my coworkers at the bank. Like, uh, come on, Russ, you speak, you, you, you speak with the accent well enough. Why don't you go with the Canadian motif? It's a, a lot yeah. more polite, oh. don't you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> instead of using bollocks and trying to find reasons to drop a C bomb every now and then. Ugh, but um 
yeah well it's uh so it's not it it's definitely not the best zombie comedy but after a rewatch it's um i mean it does it's it's got a great sense of satire like get some gremlin vibes out of it uh, i mean it uh if anything, like the first couple times I watched uh, this, because I think I rented it on a red box once and then I watched it on Fearnet. Like, oh, it's on Fearnet. I'm going to tape this, yeah. which brings me back to the entire I recorded on DVD and DVD recordings do not look as good as VHS recordings. So maybe there's a VHS comeback. Sounds good to me. Um, but uh, it's. And I came and I told you how I came to it because I watched ridiculous zombie movies like uh, yeah I didn't get around to the time they showed poultry die pol- uh, poultry geist <laughs> at um, at the double feature but as I say I watched us uh, oh it's real real um, scream shout stomp something which was about a, mm. a musical about skunk apes. Nice. <laughs> So, I mean, it has a song about syphilis in it, too. So, oh, that that sells me right there. Yeah. No, it's worth a watch. I'm not saying it's it's worth an ownership, but (laughs) I probably ripped it. I still probably when I finally got it through Netflix DVD to rewatch, I probably ripped it onto my computer, um, which I have not redistributed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's clarify that. Yes. Um, So he has not redistributed it for profit. Right. So obviously a guy who watches movies like uh, Mil Mascaris versus Aztec Mummy directed by the same guy who did Song of the Dead. Yeah. You give me zombies and you give me in a parody sense. I'm going to watch it. I was trying to look for uh, like a zombie movie that I watched real early on when Netflix was nothing but old movies and such. Yeah. Um which was a pretty good comedy and had a little more dramatic elements to it though too. Another one about uh basically zombies come back and yeah, they want to eat people but they still have the same brain faculties. Right. right. Um so I'll I'll keep researching to find out what that title was, but yeah, uh I think zombie well, I think zombies in general are just natural for comedy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for me personally, I think the whole zombie genre has kind of gotten a little stale for me just because it's been used so much in the last 20 years. Yes. Um no but, uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. I'm not gonna blame like if Dawn of the Dead talking the Zack Schneider cut or what do you yes. talking? Okay. Oh no, I'm not tight. Romero is Romero only had one week zombie movie and that was survival of the dead. And yeah, that's the only one I really can't pick on, you know, really nail what his satire was. Yeah. I mean, I I could agree with that. Yeah. Maybe it was American, just the stale nature of America. I was actually transcribing an old review of death race 2000 uh, today and like, Oh, our country is just like, I think we lost a lot of creativity now that we have stable government and no fear of Russian imperialism or American fascism. It's like, and I had to immediately rope out the parentheticals there. 
<laughs> this review, this draft was originally written in 2010. <laughs> so I did not foresee all this stuff, which I'm kind of disappointed in. <laughs> yeah. I, but that's the thing, right? Like I, I think, I think zombie, the, the whole zombie craze and the whole zombie genre, I think it is here to stay because people, you know, obviously enjoy it. They keep watching it. They keep wanting it to be recreated in different ways and all that stuff. And that's totally fine. I, um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think at this point now, I think if it's a zombie comedy, I think I'm all for it because there's just something about taking the element of zombies with, you know, comedic relief that for some reason it just works and it just works really well in a lot of different instances. But when it comes to just like your generic standard, like they're zombies, they want to kill you and we're going to take this too seriously. For some reason, that element has just, I feel like has gotten stale. And I don't know if we need to hold the walking dead accountable for that. If we need to hold other things accountable for that, I'm not sure what it is. Well, Uh, but I, I would I I go back to Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead um, just because it didn't really have this it, it it was a decent action movie I'm not a fan of running zombies personally yeah um, which you know of course came from 28 Days Later which is not a zombie movie <laughs> right um, but uh, and Danny Boyle I mean I'll defend. Oh yeah, till the till the uh, ends of the earth. I mean, he's, I mean, my my early twenties revolved around train spotting for some goddamn reason. Well, that's your favorite film of all time, correct? Yes, it is. But okay, yeah, no, it, it involved like I had a bankruptcy in two thousand seven, pretty much because of a heroin addiction, which okay. wasn't mine, but. <laughs> that's, that's that's a. I like how you worded that. You like you let it up, and then you're like, but it wasn't mine. I'm like. Yes. Um, oh shit. No, and that's eventually how I became a socialist and a communist. It's just basically like, shouldn't the family or shouldn't some? Why was I the only one who gave a shit about how this person is getting by? Yeah. Um. Is is this person still with us? Hopefully, or uh, I believe she is. I've kind okay. of like she's kind of tried popping into my life. You know, like in a peripheral standpoint, it's like, yeah, I really don't really don't need that you're like nah i mean i've said my you know i i've wrote i've probably posted i have posted blogs talking about her about it and it's like yeah i don't regret those (laughs) i um i i hope i hope she's doing well last time i knew she was going to meetings but um this all stems from a friend who um ended up she's uh she would have been 39 as of uh monday oh no tuesday the fourth that was her would have been her 39th birthday she was wow may the fourth eh yes oh no and she had a she had an ewok she carried around with her so it's like ah man and it goes back to when i was talking about being obsessed with the girl in high school and junior high i actually went to high junior high with this girl for one year oh i like i didn't realize it and she was far i mean she was the most generous kind person i mean and i can imagine i could totally understand why you get a heroin addiction if you're trying to be that much of a saint to everybody else (laughs) yeah no i can yeah Um, no she she passed she unfortunately passed away oh um 
but in her own fashion, she did it before the opioid epidemic. She, you know, she's ahead of the curve. Uh, <laughs> and she'd appreciate that humor on my behalf. No, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, that's see, I hate that though, because I mean heroin's one of those things that, man, it's 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 hard to kick once you're on it. Yes. Um and yeah, just seeing some of my friends decline from that is just really hard to watch. And even when you think they're getting better, they're not. It's, and that's the hard part. Well, it's always it's always going to be there. She was like, yeah. Um, so when she got busted, so it was really like probably the most joyful time of my life. I was um, this was 2003 when barroom boxing was still legal. Barroom boxing <laughs> and man. the rest. So if you remember the old tough man contest on FM. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've I've fought in two of those official ones. Nice. Um, that's that's why I thought. Well, I need to go and do this so I can build a reputation before I go into professional wrestling. Before I realize, oh, it's all fake, and you're not not wrestling. The people in professional wrestling are all are all fake. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but uh, the promotion I was with, Next Generation Wrestling. Uh, cut a deal with a bar to lend our wrestling ring out every Thursday so they could have bar room boxing tournaments. I'm a one-time champion. Um, yeah. Yeah. So three, three, three fights in the night. Um, I think I ended up with a 500 or one under 500 record in the, in, in this career. But uh, so Thursday nights, get off work at the gas station at midnight, go in, hope sign up for the tournament box wrestling training on Friday, um, wrestling show on Saturday. But the big thing was if things weren't going well with wrestling, I could always figure a way to run, run into uh, Stacia Harden. I should have done a tribute show with my last podcast for, and she would, you know, make sure I was doing good, make sure I was fine. One of those, you know, I didn't actually ever express my real feelings to type situations. Yeah. Um, so eventually I ended up breaking my wrist before I was supposed to win the light heavyweight title in Peoria. Uh. <laughs> like training for the match. Like I didn't that. That's a thing. People, you don't train. You don't, you don't not training for the match. You practice, practice the match out. You don't practice the match out. It's like, yeah, because you go some other area, you're not going to get a chance to do that. You just got to talk it out, go yeah. with it. And I broke my freaking wrist <laughs> doing this. So I broke my wrist. Um, we went to see perfect circle and Peoria together. And then, Oh, I'm jealous as hell. Yeah. And oh. then um, I couldn't get my driving privileges back on my broken arm. She gets busted for heroin. And I, that same night. No, no, that week, that the weekend after that. It was after. the weekend after. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, mm. so yeah, basically, I couldn't wrestle and I couldn't see her. So, so you saw a perfect circle during their thirteenth step tour. Yes, it was. Oh 2000, my good lord. Three. Yeah. Oh, Ross, you're killing me. <laughs> that is like. I told you what one of my top 10 movies is. That's in my top 10 albums, like for sure. Oh, uh, I think it's definitely, it's close to the top 10. Um, I have it on vinyl. For some reason, it skips on Weak and Ravenous. Uh, 
but um which was i thought made uh resident evil afterlife but i digress there i digress was Uh, that is that your favorite album of theirs or no uh a perfect circle definitely okay good okay okay i mean you made me nervous there for a second my favorite my favorite album of all time is probably a kind of magic by queen Mm, mm. yeah okay yeah big 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 highlander fan here why (laughs) but yeah okay uh so yeah so she gets busted the same week so i can't i can't go you know basically i lost her and then um a um like a couple weeks before she OD'd, I ran into another, to a mutual friend who recognized me, said, oh, I ran into her a couple weeks ago. She's doing great. And then, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, that's what heroin will do it, do to yeah. you. Like, I don't yeah. think she was probably using at the time. She just, it's, it's, I've done it myself. Uh I found that a lot of it's chasing the dragon, but who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. But it's um, so, so yeah. it didn't give you like the it didn't give you like the extreme euphoric feeling. That, oh no! Like... It, it it the first time I did it totally did. Okay, <laughs> as I okay. say, and like you know, I had all right some all right experiences. Like I may have done it once a week for maybe a month. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, and it's not so. No, I was definitely somebody had to stay clean <laughs> i'm surprised that you didn't get addicted because yeah that's yeah wow yeah no i no i'm i don't know maybe it's uh i it's a weird it's a weird sense of discipline sadly because like i didn't drink heavily for a long time and i don't really have a problem with my alcohol i think <laughs> <laughs> now i, I think it's not a problem i mean i don't know but i don't think it's a problem yeah I, it's never interfered with my life but um <laughs> it's it's a um well, what's no, your drink I mean, of choice oh i'm a vodka guy but i You're will a vodka guy i mean for the calorie sense though because you usually got to mix vodka with something something I, sugary yeah yeah I, I i usually try to go straight to whiskey so vodka is my favorite oh. whiskey uh, and as I say, podcast juice is midnight moonshine tonight. Uh, <laughs> midnight Lovely. moon moonshine. So, man, I should have done a couple shots before he did this. Man, what, what am I doing with my? And life? I'm also I'm a Lort fan, so okay. But uh, most people get turned off when you mention that. No. <laughs> um, I don't but, know. But um, I guess you know. Let's try bringing everything around. You know, I had my wrestling career where I was just getting my ass kicked three nights a week. If I wasn't getting my ass kicked all three nights, at least had a very cool person who took care of me. Yeah. Um, and then so that was my twenties, my thirties. I took the advice of my uh, of that mutual friend, as I say, she was a Democratic. Uh, candidate for representative to take out rodney davis in the uh last election stephanie smith oh yes um as i say she was a candidate for the democratic you can't run for politics downstate if you're not involved family sadly (laughs) a political family that is that is true that is definitely true um but she um stephanie smith just knew i was a great i mean 
she thought I was a great writer. So 20s were, de- were dedicated to wrestling, 30s dedicated to screenwriting, and 40s are to podcasting. So we have gotten back to, I think we are, we're back, and which is weird because we're talking pretty much the teenage experience here when we're talking about a movie like Dance of the Dead. That's right. That's right. There's a theme going on. Yes. <laughs> no, my, my teen, my teenage years, I went to high school to wrestle. That's all I can really say about that. If I could have graduated as a junior, I would have. Yeah. I hear that. So I heard that. So yeah. I don't know. What was your high school experience like then? I mean, that's, I think that's a Ooh. good basis to go with. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting tale. I would say a tale. <laughs> I uh, I graduated middle school in uh, in Bourbon A. Uh, my freshman year of high school, it was a little bit weird because my dad got a new job that relocated us to Superior, Wisconsin. It's right up north. Yes. Like real close to Canada. It's actually, so Superior, Wisconsin, there's a bridge that uh, separates that from Duluth, Minnesota. And Duluth, Minnesota is like right on the border of Canada. Yeah. Like you're right there. Um. And so I did my first semester of my freshman year of high school there. And then my dad, something happened with work with him that kind of screwed him over a little bit. And we relocated back to Bourbon A for my second semester of high school, my freshman year. And then I just finished out there. Mm-hmm. Um, was a little terrified because um, my first semester I did up there in Superior was great. Uh, my first day going there, I was a little nervous, but like, I don't think that they get a lot of new people coming to Superior. Superior is kind of like a, it's a, it's a nice town, but it's kind of a depressed downclining town. So there's not a lot of people coming in. Yeah. So I, I saw a lot of these kids, I think that kind of knew each other their whole lives. So now this new kid comes in first day of high school and everybody wants to know me. They're like, who are you? We want to, we want to hang out with you. What's your deal? Yeah. And that's, that was my whole first semester was just like the most popular kid in school. It was lit. Like I was in the parade, <laughs> like it was like a new girl talking to me like once a week. Like I thought I was on cloud nine. I'm like, dude, I'm never leaving here. Like this is it. Right. And yeah, I'll never forget. It was one day I came home from school and my dad just had this look on his face and I know my dad really well. I'm like, shit, something, something's not right. (laughs) My life is about to dramatically change. (laughs) And he just kind of looked at me. I think he was drinking too. And that's how I knew I'm like, shit, Mm. you know? And he's like, well, I hope you liked bourbon a cause that's where we're going. I'm like, shit. Cause I didn't want to go back there because the high school in Bourbonnet kind of has a weird kind of uh, uh, reputation. Uh, it's not, I think they've done a lot of work since I've went and it really wasn't that bad when I went, but it's kind of older. It's kind of nasty ish. Mm. Um, but I was really afraid because I kind of lost my friendship with a lot of people in that area. And a lot of them really didn't like me very much because oh. I didn't really leave on good terms. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was going back into a situation where I was getting Facebook messages from all these people. And they're like, we're going to fucking kill you when you come back, like count your days. I'm like, shit. <laughs> well, I am. Well, I don't know. I, I would say, well, I'm so glad Facebook wasn't around. When I was, oh, this was but... my space days. This was, my Oh no. Space days. I, I missed my space personally. I thought it was a, Oh yeah. More, more controlled element. Like, Oh, I will post a blog, please. Yes. My blog. That's right. Of, you know, I'm just going to post everything about my life. No, MySpace was the shit. Um, yeah. RIP. But, um, so 
but yeah, I don't know how, I think it might just be my personality. I don't know how I did it, but like I got out of that. I got through that. Nobody hated me again. So that was cool. And, yep. um, my freshman year. So I did my second semester there. It was rough, but I got through, I got through it. It was cool. My sophomore year was a little more chill because I was in a steady relationship with a girl at the time. And she was super sweet. And she kind of had some friends that I was friends with. And then that kind of helped me get through my sophomore year. Um, my junior year is really kind of where I fell into my own. Like people started actually like enjoying my presence and people started like seeing me for who I am. And I was starting to find myself and that was a good year. Like, I think that was the first year that I really took like, cause I, I was in chorus and that's kind of the first year I took that seriously. And I did that pretty well. Um, I started doing improv that, that my junior year at the high school, I was really good at that. Um, I started doing theater that year was really good at that. And then I started doing speech either my junior or senior year. And I killed that. Mm. So I had like, I had my element, like as the years went on, I started doing high school better. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was like, I don't want to say I had a bad experience, but what I will say, and for anybody that listens to this, that is either in high school or knows somebody that's in high school or whatever, what I would say is just be careful who you surround yourself around because you only get to go to high school once. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that I've met after I graduated that um, I went to high school with, and they are so much better people than the people that I decided to surround myself around because I thought that they were cooler or I thought that they were going to give me, you know, better opportunities to go to parties or like be friends with people that I wanted to be friends with. I don't think that you should care about that. Like yeah. that does not matter. Like today does not matter. Like I don't speak to any of those people anymore and I'm happy about it. So oh. my, my advice to people is, is like, if you're going through high school and you think that you have to like care about that kind of shit, you don't, I, I yeah. promise you do not like just, be yourself, hang out with who you want to, you know, and don't just hang out with somebody because of, you know, their social credibility or what they can bring to the table or because of what, you know, that kind of like that, that does not matter at all. Mm. And you will be so much happier. You'll be so much better off. Like the, the amount of people that I've had to stop talking to is crazy. Oh, so just, yeah. Don't go through that if you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know for me, high school, um, like my older sister was harassed to all hell. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's, she's two years older than me, but um, I guess they decided to not enroll me into kindergarten until I was six instead of five. So oh, I'm three years behind her school wise. So uh, by eighth grade, I was a good wrestler in high school and I had my, uh, taekwondo uh discipline which hey i got 200 bucks by being able to use that in a fight so don't knock it um don't knock it um so i was uh basically looking forward to getting to high school so i could go and take on all these freaking seniors who were picking on her for god knows how long um my parents made the smart decision with my older sister to um, let her take a correspondence course for the remaining credits she needed. So (laughs) I was a little disappointed that I wasn't going to be able to go to college to kick ass. I mean, go to high school to kick ass, (laughs) but I went to, I mean, high school, I was dedicated to my wrestling, um, my amateur wrestling. Um, I met, I mean, I, I had a, I, you know, 
and fortunately through junior high, I met most of my friends there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I grew up in a town with 37 churches, so a lot of them have turned, um, are people I don't follow on Facebook, (laughs) but Hey, I got to promote 90 for chill.com the website. So it's not like I'm not friends, still. but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, my best friend honestly was the Indian kid. So Siraj still love you, man. Regardless if you're living in St. Louis, betraying the Cubs. <laughs> yes. I love but, it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. High school, I was pretty much just wrestling and focusing on the one girl like Steven. And hey, if you want irony, the guy who gets the. I don't know how you would describe, you know. You talk too much about Steve and you're spoiling stuff in uh, Dance of the Dead, honestly. Yeah. Jimmy is the primary focus. And, yep. You know, I don't know. I think Jimmy just had everything in order right then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting movie for a lot of reasons for me and kind of going on to that. And I was thinking about this last night when I was watching, when I was rewatching it myself. I um one of the things that really stands out to me in this movie is a lot of the characters in this movie I just find myself investing a lot more into than than in other films for some reason like a lot of these characters kind of have a life of their own they kind of have this aura around them that makes you kind of mesmerized to know more about them for some reason and there's just so many of them I mean like Jimmy's one of them I mean you can't take your eyes off of Jimmy mm-hmm. um his girlfriend, Lindsay. I mean, you can't, Yes. <laughs> the stereotypical <laughs> senior know-it-all. Um, well, I, I, you know, I think she was one of the more um, better grounded characters because it, it's not, I mean, there is a no, know-it-all element behind her, but um, it's definitely something you see. And- well, it's funny that it took a, like a zombie apocalypse to bring Jimmy and Lindsay <laughs> <laughs> to mature and become an actual <laughs> yeah but i think it's i mean adulthood is all based around the trauma you get out of high school my opinion you know there's there's something to that man maybe maybe this is a metaphor that we're missing maybe maybe these uh maybe these zombies are trying to because because you see it throughout all the characters like once that happens all of these characters that were goofballs or outcasts or know-it-alls or somebody that wants to just kick the shit out of everybody it brought the best out of all of them like they all started doing things together and they all started working as a team and the main thing is they all matured very quickly right no you're you're dead on about that um yeah like but i think that's part of it i think honestly if if i'm reading it right like it kind of seems like this is kind of a, a nice script to tell, you know, to tell these, tell people that are in high school, like, Hey, listen, like you can act like this way when you're in high school, but life is tough. You know, life is right around the corner and it's going to kick you in your ass and you have to be ready for it. And that's, that's kind of the cool thing about, it's, about this movie. Thinking about no, And you know, you already dropped an F bomb. I'll do the editing, but Smack- Walt Disney <laughs> and their high school musical bullshit. I love it. Um, 
no, you're you're exactly right. You nail it on the head. It's um, life is tough, and the sooner uh, you come to that realization. And you're just not going to get that in high school. So you better have your head on a freaking swivel. Um, And, you know, be ready to lose stuff. Be ready to to, um, have to adjust and immediately adapt. Well, yeah, be ready to lose it quickly because I mean, yes. one of the one of the science kids, he's gone within the first twenty minutes of the film. <laughs> Just yeah, boom. And they and and that and you're right. Like the way that they adjusted to that was super quick. Like you don't hear about that guy ever again. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, you, you know the the only time you hear about Rod is when they're arguing about who gets the Chicago Bears helmet. That's right. That's right. You're right. Jules, which, come on, Jules. Yeah, Jules, come on. Which, which I thought was, oh, that's charming, you know, because it looks like a pre eighty Chicago Bears helmet, and it's like, oh no, the high school's Koha. That's so, right. No, that's rather appropriate. I mean, I played football for a couple of years. So, are you are you a Kyle guy or are you a Nash guy? <laughs> uh, I'd say more around, more along Nash. I, <laughs> I, I definitely would. I mean, I am the most anti Second Amendment person you'll <laughs> ever meet. Like, I think uh, if people say, you know, oh, uh, conceal and carry, that's that's the way. And it's like, yeah, conceal and carry swords. <laughs> like, if you want to kill a, a person, you better be ready to get at least three feet three feet closer to that son bitch <laughs> you know to, to to pull your gun out at 10 feet away you're a pussy <laughs> no i totally agree but <laughs> yeah i just think that they both bring such like humorous content to this film it was just like nash talking to gwen in the parking lot is just premium <laughs> yes all right i was trying to figure out okay Mitch was the dude who tried taking advantage of her. Um, no, but when I think about the band, which, um, so I guess somebody's going to get their head kicked in tonight. I can't remember who did that song originally. Cause I mean, I love, like, I know it wasn't their, their song because you know, the big song in it is the Pat Benatar cover. Oh yeah. Uh, Come true in the end. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's, it's weird. Cause I was pretty disconnected in high school, but I know every, that's the beauty of this film is everything's pretty much what high school was. Yes. hundred percent. I agree. I agree. One hundred percent with you. I mean, the principal, come on. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't, I was a pretty straight, straight, straight arrow, arrow kid. I mean, the principals loved me. So <laughs> Kyle, please don't make me call the police. Just come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I had I had one vice principal in junior high frustrated at me for spraying for spraying a breath mint on a on a guy who was harassing me. Like, oh, you smell. And like, oh, you have a temper problem, Russ. Really? You damn right. I'm gonna kick the shit out of people. In a oh no, years. no, no. I. I, I was able to successfully use that honestly like i don't have a temper problem like whenever i threw a punch at somebody like 
I was able to sell like, look, it's me. If I threw a punch at them, they were asking for it to people. Yeah. Uh, I was able to sell that pretty successfully. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of those things I feel like um, once and if I ever become a parent, that's a, that's a conversation I want to have is, you know, there are certain times where um, the, the motto that I've always been taught up and luckily I never had to use it because I have such a line of bullshit that I never got in the situation really. But there comes a time in some people's lives where, you know, you're always taught to avoid fights at all costs if you can, but there's some fights you get into some situations where you can't avoid it. It's going to happen. So you have to finish it, right? Like if you're going to, if you're going to do it, you got to finish it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but there's always those consequences that show in these kids heads that make them not want to do it. But like what I would tell my son or my daughter is like, if you ever find yourself in a situation like that, I mean, yeah, there's going to be consequences, but think about it this way. Like now you've shown all these kids that they should not smack with you. Yes. They should not mess with you. So now, now, yeah, you have to, you have to pay for those consequences, but in return, what you're doing is you're showing those kids, you're showing those people around you, like maybe we should mess with that person because they're actually doing it. They actually did it. And now, now that we know that that's a thing, we don't want that to happen again. <laughs> so it actually, for me, I feel like if you have to do it, do it that way, you get the benefits of not having to get in that situation again, hopefully, right? Well, hopefully that's not the case. Unless, unless you go to like a, unless you go to like a certain school or you hang out with some kids where like, that's just going to put a target on your back. Cause it could depending on well, the situation. No, no, it's, but, well, all right. It, for me, obviously going through high school is basically, yeah, I was looking forward to the target. I like the fight. I mean, I don't take it personally uh, when it comes to violence. Like, all right, sure. that's just where it's at. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, no, I, it, it kind of makes me think if only Friday didn't, it did not evolve around weed. Yeah. <laughs> you could show your kids that movie and I think they'd get it. Yeah. Or just uh, show them Fight Club, you know? <laughs> well, I don't know. I went, uh, before I moved down here, um, Democratic con- congressional candidate Stephanie Smith invited me to a fight night, uh, fight club showing at the art theater when that was still around oh rest in peace i loved the art look it it can't be that hard to come up with fifty thousand dollars to revive that place do you know that i'm i'm not even bullshitting here when i heard that they were closing it and it was for sale i truly wanted to go to try to get a loan to do it because i'm telling you like i love that place i do not want that place to burn no i i wish i would have been more thoughtful because i work in a bank now um oh russ come on we can do this all right no no that that's that'll be uh once my manager comes back from vacation that'll be my first uh priority be like i already have somebody that i trust that'll do it with me yeah no fifty thousand dollars i think it it needed to get twenty five thousand dollars to um to cover its immediate expenses so no fifty thousand dollars not that hard but hey I imagine this is going to be popular in Champaign-Urbana. Let's start that Kickstarter. Hashtags, all that other oh, bollocks. Oh, yes. But um, I went to see Fight Club, and I don't think millennials really understand that it's not a comedy. No, it's not a comedy at all. <laughs> 
like Bad i mean i chuckled at that stuff back i mean i'm i'm gen x the end of gen x yeah you know i'm chuckling at this stuff but it took me like until things st- until adulthood and when i truly understood who i am um yeah, no, I wasn't exactly forward free thinking on blowing up credit card companies to make sure everybody was equal. Yeah. Not to say that I'm about that now. Not yeah. to say no, I'm it's... not about it. I yeah. mean, but I mean, the humor there is supposed to be subtle and yes. to yourself type stuff. Uh, when you have a crowd of millennials just laughing out loud. I mean, yeah, I really, if I was alone, I'd laugh out loud, but otherwise, no, this is an observatory piece about our society as it is now. Like, Yeah, no, D- David Fincher knew what he was doing. Well, was... Chuck Palahniuk, I mean, is a, just a right. author to begin with. Right, exactly. And he's, he's brilliant when it comes to adaptations, when it comes to another uh, film that qualifies for 90 for chill, the clark gregg adaptation of choke um i think is really worth a watch um that's uh like clark gregg was able to get away with changing the ending i think it was there's something about crucifixion like polyac takes it over the top usually and everybody tones it down but hey there's a special feature on the dvd where they're drinking a bunch of wine together and like you told me you weren't going to change this. So, man, I don't even know if I've seen this. I might uh, watch chokes this. A, chokes a real good one. Um, Sam Rockwell is your lead. And he's always fantastic. Yes. Uh, Kelly McDonald would be the love interest. She's in o- No Country for Old Men. She made uh-huh. her bones with uh, train spotting. Uh huh. Um, love it. So, it's a movie about. I'm going to go with the movie because despite I have a copy laying around, I haven't read it. Um, it's about a guy who's trying to, who's working a bullshit job at a colonial recreation, um, attraction so he can, um, pay for his mother whose mind's deteriorating his treatment. Right. And I mean, the sex addiction is kind of secondary when you bring up the co- the what he's got to deal with before, you know, being addicted to sex. <laughs> but when all else fails, his scheme for making money is faking choking at restaurants. <laughs> and, it, and it's very Fight Club-esque when you consider the fact that when you, people save your life from choking and i shouldn't say he's faking choking no he's choking (laughs) so he actually makes himself choke correct wow so he he is depending on somebody saving his life yeah that's terrifying i don't know if i could do that well because choking is terrifying yes um so basically he's going to make himself choke so that somebody can give him the fine lick maneuver. And once somebody saves your life, they feel responsible for you. So he starts conning him for dental money and all this other stuff. Wow. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna check this out. Yeah, uh, Gillian uh, Jacobs from Community shows her boobs in it. If that doesn't sell it for wait, that, really? Yes. Wow. All oh right. no, it's honestly, I mean, all right, it is way too close to home in my <laughs> my. I opinion. see. I moved from I moved from Peoria to Champaign basically because the only friends I knew I had I was either tipping for drinks or tipping to get their boobs in my face. <laughs> We've all been there, man. So. <laughs> We've all, been, you know, there's stories I could tell you too, man. I mean, <laughs> yes. No, I'm no, I'm a pretty loose guy. You, I'm usually pretty reliable and keeping secrets, but no, I, I love know how it is, man. This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> and now, a feature presentation. Oh, for... very well. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves some snacks. Getting back to our subject at hand, and this is probably the first time we've really done a podcast that is dedicated to a feature. I usually am able to to spread it out like when uh, Kodiak wanted to talk about John Dice at the end. Well, the rest of uh, Don Coscarelli's filmography, ex- with the exception of the original Beastmaster, <laughs> qualifies to the website. So Right. Um, or I have somebody who just needs to get back to me who wanted to do Batman movies because he thought 90 for chill was about the 90s. <laughs> and it's like, okay, here's how you can get to your Batman. You talk about Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You talk about oh. Beetlejuice. Oh. Any Elfman scored movies, Tim Burton movies. And we just oh. ha- accidentally happen to talk about how their relationship devolved into the Batman. And we go from there. I'm already sold. That's yeah. yeah no, he's got it. a money idea. He just has to get back to me. <laughs> yeah. Whoever you are, man, let's get, get your stuff together, man. Yeah. <laughs> let's make this happen. Right. I'm not afraid to like the beauty of podcasting is the tangents. Of course. Of course, man. I mean, if you listen, if you listen to my show, that's, that's the thing that I love, man. It's like, like I told you before, like when we get into a certain, um, when we get into a certain topic, we don't always, I mean, the tangents for sure, but the, the thing that makes it gold for me is we don't always see eye to eye. And then listening to those conversations evolve, right? It's just so entertaining. And it's, inter- and, and for me to say that it's entertaining when I'm the one that's doing the show, that's how you know it's entertaining. Cause if I'm right. entertained, it's entertaining. So, and that's, that's why I love podcasting. I mean, my YouTube channel is kind of on a hiatus right now. I do want to bring it back because I ultimately think that, you know, doing film reviews on YouTube is a big, is a big platform right now. Oh, oh yeah. No, I mean, that was the entire intent of my last episode was basically, uh, I didn't have a guest lined up that person with the Danny Elfman idea flaked out and I had a vampire idea, but that person definitely was not going to be able to do it at that time. Okay. And it was basically, all right, well, screw it if i can stretch this to just under 10 minutes youtube is going to put it on their page yeah so yeah 100 no i i love doing that um that's super fun i'm definitely probably going to bring that back here um 
so after the wedding and after my honeymoon, so probably June, July, I'm hoping to get some videos up because that's a super fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, but this podcast is, it's just, it's blown my mind. I didn't have a lot of expectations going in. It was just something that, you know, I wanted to do with a couple of guys thought it'd be fun. Give us an opportunity to hang out once a week mm-hmm. and talk a bunch of stuff and, you know, maybe watch a film or two afterwards, have a couple drinks, get some McDonald's, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And it's just people are responding to it. Like it's hitting. Like we're, I think we're only 10, 15 listens away of having a thousand listens yeah, total. I saw that. And, and we haven't even been on, on the air for six months. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal oh, to me. Like that's no, it's, awesome. It's, it is surprising. Um, like I get pod bean stats and it's like, well, shit. I didn't think, I don't even really know 60 people, let alone like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude, so to give you to give you the best stats I can, our latest episode that we did that I talked about earlier, Columbine, we're talking over 200 listens now. Yeah, no. It's... And that and that episode's only been out for like two weeks, which is, again, mm-hmm. it's just, it's nuts to me. Because, I mean, YouTube stats work a little bit different because there's so many people on that platform. Yeah, algorithms beyond that. Yeah, yeah like, I, like I have a video that has well over a thousand views now but again like if you youtube if you do it the right way if you're smart about it and you you get in like you said you get into the right algorithm it can get out there right yeah podcasting is a little bit different and it's a little bit different for people like you and me that aren't like celebrities or like a lot of people don't know us right because right the main podcasts that get the most listens it's because people know who you are already and they're interested yeah. in you and they want to know what you want to talk about don't it's hard for guys like us to Joe Rogan, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it's hard for the guys like you and me that don't really have that following yet to start a podcast and expect people to take, you know, an hour or two out of their day to listen to our thoughts. I mean, that's a lot to ask, right? Right. Especially given the times right now, especially what's going on. Mm. So it just warms my heart to look at our stats every day and to see that there's that many people a day that are listening to our podcast and enjoying it. Yep. I mean that, that to me, I don't, and not that we are, we're not making money on it yet, but I don't even care. Like that's, that's enough money to me right there. So to just see Mm. the people are actually clicking on something that I have made and they enjoy it and they talk about it. And yeah, it's just, it's, it makes me happy. Oh, it makes me happy. (laughs) Right. No, I, I totally agree. It's, I mean, as long as you're doing something and you get people and you know people are giving it a chance, that makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I mean, you, we could go into my love light and follow that bollocks. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the cute, I'm the cute guy who knows a lot of shit and that <laughs> occasion to get me laid. But, you know, it's very difficult to, spew uh to uh turn that into something have you had a girl flirt with you at, at best buy yet no no never happened like you're working the checkout they bring whatever you know they bring the dyson vacuum up there with like a toaster oven and maybe uh maybe like angry birds 2 on blu-ray and she's, um, she's out there and you're giving no, her no. I, I i can say i can i don't know if it, if they ever flirt back but you bring up a studio ghibli Oh, that's the soft spot, eh? Movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. Oh, you're saying that you like Spirited Away? Oh, 
Well, I mean, if you like Spirit of the Way, give Howl's Moving Castle a chance. Howl's Moving Castle, dude. I, I like anime. I, I watch. Mm-hmm. I watch some anime. I'm, I'm into it. You like oh. anime too, right? Oh yeah. No, I'm just the, I'm just the '90s animated kid. So it's kind of like. So like Trigun or what? Yeah. You see, Trigun always gets thrown into that. Dude, that was like 1999, man. No, Neon <laughs> Genesis Evangelion, Iria, Zero in the Animation. When was, Gurren, has... when was Gurren Lagan? Gurren Lagan. Oh. Couldn't have been too. I mean, definitely, I'd, I'd say early, early aughts. Um, I mean, when people start mentioning titles, if it ain't Dragon Ball Z, I'm pretty sure it's be after mine. Oh, really? Time. It was 07? I thought it was way older than Jeez. that. Jeez. Uh, well, I mean, I was uh, mowing, like, basically, I was mowing lawns to um, get my anime fix. Yes. Paying for my $25 VHS tape of Evangelion. Yes. And waiting for the next month. <laughs> so you don't watch any new anime then? Uh, I wish I did. It's just like, what now it's on television and it's like in the next episode i didn't see the first episode damn it like yeah uh so it's very hard for me to catch up my hero academia is something i would definitely recommend to anybody uh attack on titan was very cool it's just like yeah but i'm trying to catch up on the walking dead right now so i don't really need this kind of drama oh so Um, you are a walking dead fan uh, I've only made it through maybe at best four and a third seasons. Okay. I mean, like the first, I, I don't get it. Why television makes seasons so long, especially when it comes to the walking dead. No oh, first season, six episodes solid. Yeah. HBO don't expect more than eight episodes. Yeah. Cool. Dude, HBO has some of the best programming I've ever seen. Like, they're just so solid. Every year they shit out like four amazing shows. It's just, I can't believe it. it, it yeah, I definitely recommend Lovecraft uh, Country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. What was the, there was one that I watched. It had Mark Ruffalo in it, and it was really good. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's him as identical twins. Yes. Dude. Yeah. That's good television. That was really good. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Um, one thing too, not an HBO show. I believe it's a Showtime show, but they're bringing Dexter back this fall. Yes, no, that is uh, Dexter. That is Showtime. Yeah. Well, I mean, at, I didn't watch Dexter. I mean, no, I haven't really watched Dexter. Period. But oh, uh, when they obviously, I heard about the conclusion to the series. So ah, uh, yeah. It was just Yeah. Well, that's why they're bringing it back because it was just such a disappointing. Well, that's, that's their, that's their reason for bringing it back. I mean, I think it, it's weird. Uh, I don't think until we had game of Cl- game of Thrones, really <laughs> did we really worry about conclusions? Yeah. That's a sour topic. Oh, I, I think I'm on the, I think it worked fine. It, it I really, my only problem with Game of Thrones is basically like, no, you definitely had four or six extra episodes when it comes to the content and getting to where you got to. Yeah, I am not that. De- I am not knocking the conclusion. All right. I mean, that's fair. It's fair enough. I'm just saying, when your best friend 
is uh, beheaded. <laughs> and just to go and tell you, you're going to have to do the worst thing you can possibly do. And then you do the worst thing you can possibly do. Hey, that's not, that's not on you. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. But man, I think uh, the thing about that though is for, for years, Game of Thrones was untouchable. Yes. When it comes so, to television, like first, you could, first you could talk about shows all you want, but like yeah. Game of Thrones was always the end, right? It no, was first, always. Yeah. First six seasons where, I mean, the sixth season didn't really have anything to base it itself upon just notes. Right. Um, were excellent. Probably the best television we're going to have in the next 25 years. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would, but I would absolutely you, agree. You can tell in season seven, everything's being rushed. Definitely not as bad as season eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But yeah, it's, um, so I don't, I don't get it. Like, cause HBO would have definitely paid for those six extra episodes. <laughs> yeah. But, and they should have, I yeah. mean, I, I get it. You want to move on to new projects. Sadly, yeah. I mean, but, that, but that's, that's true. Right. Cause HBO knows HBO knows that they are the top, right? Yeah. They know that. And I'm, I'm, I'm with I'm you. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop paying 15 bucks a month. And I hardly use it besides watching Don Oliver until you get a new season like Westworld or. And I am. I'm a fan of the original Westworld movies. So. Yeah. Yeah. Westworld is a Westworld's kind of a trip. It's kind yeah. of a trip, especially the last season where it's like. We really should be, you know, we should never have left the park if you really want this to work. But oh. <laughs> hey, all right, no, no, you're, no, you're making this work. Okay, <laughs> I'm in. Oh man, yeah, no HBO. Yeah, HBO. Talk about a company that has yeah. probably has probably been at the top for what? What would you say, 30, 40 years more? Uh well, I mean it all goes back to when um a band of brothers started. So I would say that's 90, 98. I think it was kind of right after Saving Private Ryan. So maybe 2000, 2001. Well, so that would be around the same time too, like of the Sopranos, right? That'd be kind of in that. Yeah, no, oh definitely. Uh Sopranos was on for I think seven seasons. I think it ended after all of my 2006 drama. So, um, yeah, so still 2000. So it hasn't been quite 20 years. It's just that yeah. their reputation is so epic. You think it's been a constant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, but... Uh, Showtime no. had a run there for a little while. Oh, uh they had Dexter. They have Shameless. Otherwise, I think everything's kind of a. What about Weeds? Oh, I didn't. I didn't really watch Weeds. I know United States. I was working for MediaCom when United States of Terra was supposed to be something. Oh, is that the Tony Collette show? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... You gotta. You gotta admit though, Tony Collette is a talent. Oh. No, she's a international treasure. Dude, seeing Hereditary in the theater like changed my life. <laughs> well, I I haven't seen it. I mean, it's just You haven't seen Hereditary? 
you you put on a YouTube clip and you get a kid get a kid decapitated by a post sign like god damn this is a lot of stuff I'm going to have to sit down and watch you know really take in Russ it's it's art it really I'm, is No I'm not questioning it's art but it's, it's like, art man I am not going to go into the Louvre and like just pass the Mona Lisa that's all I'm saying <laughs> I'm just saying Ari Aster is probably is probably like the new horror director of our of our generation mm-hmm. like he he's I, that and midsummer two great films oh, like no, fantastic films midsummer even sounds more intriguing but you know what it, it is it is on, in a way. i got to get caught up on jordan peele in all honesty like well you well, we talked about this i remember this cuz you've seen us right no, I haven't seen us. I knew a lot of the elements behind it. Definitely. Because you complimented me because I, I, I was still working there and I was telling you that I bought the steel book, the limited edition steel book of it. And we talked about it. Yeah. I have not sat from beginning to end to watch us. I, I huh, caught all okay. the, like that. That is the, that is the um, flaw of YouTube because I can catch it almost every element. I mean, that's how I faked my way through English classes. Literally yeah english classes in high school i mean in in elementary school was my older sister with her asperger's disorder absorbs everything and she needs to talk about it so i absorbed everything from chocolate the chalk charlie and the chocolate factory without ever reading the book Mm. so i i just i've I've got a photographic memory like i really wish i had my dad's intelligence but (laughs) to accompany that but um no, I mean, man, so I you just, have a photograph. You should you should take advantage of that, man. That's that's uh, an awesome talent. I'm sorry. The the to have a photographic memory. Yeah, I know. I, I, what did you say I should do with it? No, I, I'm just saying, like, if I had a photographic memory, I would like be all over the place. Like I'd be well, doing like a bunch of crazy shit. <laughs> well, I don't know. My dad put me in my place once when he asked oh. when he asked, how did you fix your grandmother's computer? <laughs> And like, well, I did this. That did not work. So I went and did this. That didn't work. So I went and did this. And like that kind of helped things out. So I could go and then, and my dad just listening to everything I did, I said, who's not a computer expert at all. After I finally got to, and that's how I resolved the issue. He took all that information. I told him. And went and said well why didn't you do this from the start and it's like wow. damn it <laughs> <laughs> like as they say my dad my dad's intelligence is through the roof we used to rule the peoria trivia scene like oh yeah that'd be that'd be that'd be fun oh well no we we three-peated i don't know how many bars out there <laughs> um trivia nights but um we really got to get back to uh dance of the dead because we you know we've talked about the great elements that everybody can relate to and which means this movie is a must see where is our are we planning the 2023 15th anniversary edition right now i don't think so let's get on that (laughs) oh absolutely i will be first in line absolutely i will i think so when you get to the movie itself, the acting is as great as you can expect for the budget. 
I I completely agree. I think the acting is definitely on par for sure. I don't usually when it comes to these kind of B horror movies, usually the acting is where they kind of save the money, right? Usually that usually the talent is where they kind of is where they're able to save the dollar. And yeah, I mean, there's some no names in here, but they got a good cast of people. I don't know if it's just a chemistry thing, if it was a good direction, good script and good, a good cast that just all worked perfectly, which is impossible by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened on that set. I don't know what happened with this movie, but everything just seemed to work together so well, like almost scarily well. Right. Which says something when you have the coach pretty much doing a poor ass Arlie Ermey impersonation. That's that's actually true. <laughs> but the character works, works fine. Gorgeous. It worked. Yeah. I, I didn't even bat an eye, which yeah. is strange because I'm usually dissecting movies left and right. But yeah, I yeah. never had an issue with it. I mean, the only thing you could say that aged poorly is that, oh, the coach has a Confederate frat flag in his garage. <laughs> the movie was shot in Georgia. Okay. <laughs> they they had the Confederate flag in their flag until I think the uh, early 90s, so that's fair. Um so yeah, I'm not too angry about that. Um but so the I mean so the I wish I guess the only flaw of the acting I guess would be the uh biology teacher who's got some great dialogue that makes you want to hate the character but oh yeah he definitely it's kind of unbelievable though like at times it is i i would agree because i actually re-watching it this last time last night that was the one part that i kind of was like how did i not notice this before because yeah like the dialogue's fine the the situation's fine, but just, just the way that the actor presents himself with that dialogue and how he uses that dialogue, it it, it is kind of like, it, it kind of like is on the fence back and forth between like, is this even believable? Like would a teacher actually do something like, like it's just kind of. Eh. Yeah. But uh, the kid, the uh, teenage actors, the actors who are acting as teenagers all nail it. I agree. 100%. And yeah. I think, um, you know, I watched it back and I guess I think there's a lull once they establish the zombie outbreak, um, which kind of grinds things to a halt until, you know, um, our couple has their argument over the douchebag. Um, I could argue that I don't like the anti-nuclear power issue <laughs> message. Um, yeah. just, just because no it nuclear power would be fine if nevada would accept their responsibility and start loading up the mines they built to store all this toxic waste um but i live in i've lived in illinois my entire life there was a point where we had the most nuclear power plants in the country well yeah because i think there's one in uh lockport that i know about I yeah think. Oh, I think Clinton was one for a long time, but okay. Um, so yeah, nuclear power, all four, just Nevada quit letting their Republicans tell you don't move our move your trash into our desert where there's nothing going on. Um, I watch a lot of John Oliver, HBO, um, HBO baby, <laughs> last week tonight, yes. So I mean, so yeah, the kid, the teenage actors are all great. Um, and the story is 
there's some stuff I wish they could have shown. Like when our coach says, Oh, they, the green boys. And I love the green boys element. Like, you know, you have walkers, you have stinkers and all that other bollocks, but you know, you, if you're going to be a good zombie movie, give yourself a unique name for the zombies. Uh, the green boys ain't my dogs. Then they got the neighbors, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, that that works. And honestly, like the first couple times I watched the movie, like it's just, just such a fun little teenage drama. You don't really think about it's a zombie flick immediately, honestly. Well, I just like that it just doesn't seem like the movie takes itself that seriously, which is what I appreciate. What you, you got to do when you're doing a comedy. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Like even even when the deaths happen, I still don't feel like it's being too serious. Yeah. Really. Oh, no. Kyle's death. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was a dick. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, Mitch's second death, like I did not recall being so extreme, which I guess watching it again, like the gore effects deserve a lot more credit than I ever thought. Yeah, I would agree too. If you want a good zombie movie, period, you need a gut buster scene. Yes. Uh, yes. The guy, the guy who got it, didn't necessarily deserve it, but that's part of the beauty of the gut buster. What do you think of? Um, what do you think of? Probably like if anybody has seen this movie, I would say this is probably the infamous scene that people would take away from it: the Stephen and Gwen scene when they're both oh, zombies and they're in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, I was trying to, as I say, I was trying to avoid the spoiler element but oh my bad yeah no 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 it's 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 beautiful man because <laughs> i i implied it you know talking about me trying to chase that one girl who it would probably take a zombie apocalypse to get with um, and in his case it did it, it, yeah let's just uh leave it at that i think it, yeah i mean that's but there's a, just something so charming about that because yeah, no, like <laughs> you, you're rooting for him the whole time and the, the cool thing that this movie does that I think is really an underrated element too, is like, they never rule it out yeah. ever. Like they always like have this lingering um, sexual tension that you're like, there is something there. I don't yeah. know quite what it is, but there is something there. And like, he wants it. I secretly think that she's thinking about it. And then it just all of the circumstances around it. And then it finally just, you get that, you get that scene and it's just, yeah yes that's, no that's, it's, I, yeah i mean it's it it's hard not to spoil because it's such a perfect and i'll, I'll use the oh. word there perfect situation oh 100 i mean it's 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 the ultimate payoff yeah right? it's the ultimate payoff i mean the the one tolerable kid in the science club <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the the one cheerleader that you know kind of flirts in between out of like is she a goody goody is she popular yeah is she more of a nerd or is she more of here like that's another thing that this movie has like layers it's really strange to explain like when i don't really think i could categorize her into any category because she's just her character in particular she's around so many different characters the whole movie and i feel like her character just adapts well i think her every character i think her character serves as a um as a point for like every off you know off-putting team can get behind jimmy oh yeah 
uh, every girl can get behind um, our uh, protagonists in that terms. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, at least me growing up again in the town of 37 churches, like, believe that bullshit or not, <laughs> um, you know, definitely knows that it's important to people. And she's, her character is pretty much like, I know it's important to people. That's why I'm doing all this. Yes. So we all, we can, so people have an entrance there. Gwen is kind of the neutral character where I think everybody can relate to. Yes. Everybody, I mean, I didn't have many ring rats when I was wrestling full time, but I did have ring rats. I never capitalized upon, <laughs> but I knew if I wanted tickets to WrestleMania, I could have probably weaseled them out of a girl. <laughs> um, but I mean, everybody's got people, you know, everybody knows from Gwen, everybody knows it's somebody she's an all access point i think yeah for the audience everybody like if you don't relate to jimmy you don't relate to his girlfriend you don't relate to steve she's very neutral she's the only normal character i think in the film that yeah i i think i would agree with you yeah, yeah so everybody can understand her plight and situation well, and, and just, she has all of these one-liners too. Like, oh yeah, no. I'm going to need years of therapy after this. Yes. <laughs> well, no, she's, she's basically explaining that like, she's the reality of the situation. Yes. Yeah. Cause all, all of these characters are finally starting to like mature and come into their own and say all of these like heroic things. And then she's just out here. Like, this is. Bananas. Yeah. No, this is. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, this is not. This is not going to better us. No, we're we're going to survive this. I mean, I hate to be pessimistic. Jimmy does not like it's prom. You're not going to end up with that girl ten years later. Yeah. Uh, but as I watched this movie again, like I didn't really notice. I guess because the movie is such a comedy, the first couple times I watched it, um. The gore was kind of secondary. Yeah. And I and I would kind of say if you watch it a third time, that might be the case. Um, but I'm doing a website about movies, so I got to watch it very critically. I got to take notes. And it's like this movie does take all those extra steps to be up. You know, we're talking peripheral, definitely, but up there with Romero stuff. Yeah. I mean, you have like the the first the first time Kyle and Jimmy team up to take zombies out. Oh, it's iconic. I mean, yeah, it's just you know ripping arms off, shoving them down zombies' throats, and everything like that. Hitting the head as a baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It's just brilliant stuff. But you, if you're watching it and you're just waiting for the next scene, or you're like wanting to see how this movie progresses, you might miss that stuff. It, no, a hundred percent. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause yeah, there's a lot of movies. Cause I mean, you and I, I know you'll relate with this. You know, I watch so many movies a year, like so many. Um, 
Letterboxd. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Letterboxd. Oh, no. CM Darth is my username. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. We'll have to hook up. Um, Letterboxd has kind of helped me, you know, remember all the films that I watch now. Like I can, I can recollect a little bit more and kind of understand how many movies I watch now, but still, I mean, I'm watching tons of movies mm-hmm. and um, a lot of those movies that you're, you're rating, you know, middle of the road, um, you find yourself doing that. You'll be watching it and like, you're appreciating it because it's a movie and we love movies. It's what we, and it's our passion, mm-hmm. but I'll still find myself a lot of the time. Like, you know, Hey, let's, 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 let's move this on. Let's, let's keep going. Like, where's this going? What, what, why am I watching this? What's the deal here when it comes to movies like this one? Yeah. I don't do that anytime I watch it and I've watched it several times and I still don't do that. I still don't, you know, hope for the next scene. I still don't wish for the next scene. I just go with it. And it just, it flows every time. And that, and that's one of the things too. And I I said it before, like this movie just scarily works. Like, I feel like it shouldn't work. I feel like all the odds were against it to work and it just works and it works really well. And I feel like, um, I feel like the people that don't get it, the people that maybe don't look at it as highly as we do, you know, whether it be like not their thing not their genre. Maybe they're just anti-zombies. Maybe they're just anti-teen. Maybe they're just whatever it is. Maybe they just, maybe they only want to see movies that, you know, take $20 billion to make. I don't know. Oh no, we've, we've gone through that with the uh, poetic critic and I talking about um, people who are like, no, any movie after night, any movie made before 1975 is solely about the uh, white male interests. So disqualifies itself from being art. I see. Yeah. I, see. I mean, yeah, that's that, that is an interesting topic too. Yeah. I mean, the world has definitely changed. I, I mean, here's, here's the thing, right. Is just these last couple of years, I mean, thinking about how much the world has changed and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and you know, how people are, people are digging into other people's social media profiles from 15 years ago and pulling something that was socially acceptable then, but it's not anymore. And now they have to pay for that. Like, it's just, we're living in a a time where you, I feel like you constantly have to watch over your shoulder and you have to be very careful. Well, you know, for me, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, person who gets upset when, okay, you didn't delete, like the moment you said this, you didn't look back and delete that previously. Like, yeah, the only, the only tweet I've ever deleted for political concept. Uh, context was one about and hey i'm letting it all out there right now so screw my political career let's Uh, do it yeah it's basically after watching figure skating and not liking johnny weir's commentating suggesting i'd like to punch him in the face (laughs) yeah it's not anything in regards to his sexuality it's just i think his his BS deserves to be put his BS commentary about performers in the, in the sport did not impress me. And I don't know how many times I've said, I wanted to punch Joe Buck in the face. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, you know, he's, I think that's equality, but I understand where it's like, eh, I'm not the figure skating expert. So it might not be my lane to begin with. Well, see, I, I don't like Troy Aikman. I don't think Troy Aikman's very good at, 
at it at all. No, Joe no, Buck, no. yeah, Joe Buck definitely has his moments for sure. But Troy Aikman's the one that I just like because he plays favorites. Troy Aikman plays favorites. Well, you're heavily. coming. You, you're speaking to a guy who has four Cubs tattoos on. Hell, five yeah. Cubs tattoos on him. So yeah, Joe Buck's never been a friend. I understand his favorites though. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So, but so you're you're you're. I'm saying you're more just in criticizing Troy Aikman unless you hated the Dallas Cowboys your entire life. <laughs> no, I. Uh, but it's just he makes it so bluntly obvious when he doesn't like somebody or something. Yes. Um, and I feel like rule number one, if you're going to be a broadcaster for the NFL or the MLB or the NHL or whatever, whatever have you, when it comes to sports entertainment, mm-hmm. you have to like, obviously personally, you don't have to be biased, but when you're broadcasting to millions of people, you have to be biased. You have to like, you have to be unbiased. Yes. You have to be. No. And, and as a professional wrestler, I can tell you that like that, um, there's a, there's a, period before the CM Bunk pipe bomb that turned me off of the WWE product mm. because Michael Cole is going all heel and it's like no you have no business doing that man I and never mind he would like stand like stand during up on the co- commentator booth like when the women's match was on and basically said who cares about this stuff dude you have a turd to polish I'm not going <laughs> to say the women's wrestling was great then but no, your goal, your 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 character's intention. So that might fall more on Vince McMahon's behalf. Well, some of my favorite women's matches that I've ever seen in the WWE were those uh, battles a couple years ago with uh, Charlotte and Sasha. Yes, but Michael Cole turned turned back to a neutral commentator after Jerry Lawler's heart attack. Right. Um, when he's bad mouthing Alicia Fox versus Bella to put his own feud with, with Jerry Lawler over. Yeah. Uh, it took the Python promo to actually give me to get me to give a shit about WWE. Yeah. I just miss, I just miss the days where JR was there and yeah, well, I mean, every Wednesday, uh, AEW he's, he shows his age, but, Oh yeah, I forgot he was at AEW. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, but, man, I need to get on that. Yeah, oh no, Excalibur is great commentator. Tony Schiavone knows how to carry the show. Jim Ross is being sixty-seven-year-old Jim Ross. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty solid stuff. But yeah, I mean, going back to it, like stuff ages. It it goes back to Pulp Fiction. Mm. Uh, you think you're aging like vinegar, like wine? No, you're vinegar. <laughs> if you mean wine turns into vinegar, you're right. Yeah. Um. So, but when it comes to Dance of the Dead, it's a primarily white story, and this stuff ain't aging poorly. <laughs> That's true. This is, this, this is a line um, in terms of horror when it comes to aging. Yeah, we could have killed a black guy early on in it, but that's a, an established horror trope. That's not racist. <laughs> right. No, I dig it. I dig it. Well, the cool thing, the cool few facts that I know about this movie that I think are really interesting 
is um, I think it was super, super soon. Like they had, yeah. So there was, there was a lead character that her name was going to be Lydia in the film. Mm. I don't know who the actress is. She dropped out of the film two weeks before production started and they, and they had to rewrite the script in two weeks. So like, if that would have never happened, this film would not be what it is. So like, that's pretty crazy. But um, Sundance in 2015 named it the number one zombie comedy of all time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I knew that was going to bother you, so I had to bring that up. But So guess what the top five are, though? Guess what they put as the top five? All right. I'm going to go with Shaun of the Dead. One of the Dead. Uh, one Shot of the Dead. Gonna come up with the fourth title. Um, well, I mean, if it was 2015, I guess you would could say uh, "Warm Bodies." So, what are the actual answers? All right. So, number two is Peter Jackson's "Dead Alive." Oh shoot! I'm sorry to forget about that classic, which is oh yeah. I mean, Peter Jackson watch everything that guy's produced oh 100 he's got some that, he's got some silent ones in there too like some ones that nobody talks about that's probably, oh bad taste is a must see yeah yeah 100 um number three is dead snow oh shoot i forgot about that one no that is very that that walks the line i mean that yeah that is almost a perfect line walking before com- yeah. between comedy and drama agreed so now number four is Sam Raimi's Evil Dead 2. Yeah, it's a comedy. Um can't deny that, but and then number five is Fido. Oh shit. How did I forget about Fido? That is I mean, I love Fido. But can we just talk about how Dance of the Dead made it in front of those four? That's like think about that. Well, it it's not but I, I will say it's not better than Evil. I'm okay, it's not better than it might be better than dead snow. Yeah. That's, that's where I stand on it. I mean, so Shaun of the dead should be in there. So, I mean, it at worst, it's number five. Yeah. At worst, at worst, at worst. Yeah. I just, I wonder, this is what I have to wonder. Because Sundance is really into finding like indie films. Yes. I wonder if they found this film and they were just like, we have to put this number one because nobody knows what this is. There's a good chance of that. I mean, I, I think you would have done fine putting it at number three or four. Yeah. Five people are immediately going to ignore it. Four, you might. Cons- oh, well, that's interesting. Three. Well, so for the sake of Sundance and the internet, Number three, I can agree with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it. it's a s- story that's beyond solid, beyond accurate, at least in terms of white high schoolers. Um, it takes the time to have the gory effects that I think all the great zombie movies need to have. No offense to Night of the Living Dead. That's set the standard. <laughs> <laughs> um 
I mean, you look at Dawn of the Dead. There's a lot of comedic death in that movie. The original Dawn of the Dead, George yes. A. Romero. Yes. So, um, yeah, no, I can see it being a number three horror comedy of all time. Well, let me let me bring this up because it shocked me that this wasn't on there. Honestly, just because of how many fans are around this film franchise, it shocked me that Zombieland wasn't on that list. Um. I would say Zombieland definitely. Um, I think the first Zombieland is damn near perfect. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. But what did you think of the second one? Oh no, it was all right. It's just a. I mean, it's an effective retread of the first film. Yeah, I, I would say seeing Zoe Deutsch in that film was kind of mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Yeah. No, I think it. I think it. It's a fun little addition. But seeing you know, her play a valley girl was like, yes, <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. But it's, it's about, the the sequel to Zombieland is about. Did you enjoy our first characters enough? Yes, and um, it's just an expansion upon that, which why it's listed on the ninety for chill website. Ninety for chills website uh, is a ninety is a seventy is not as lenient as the podcast. I got to get guests in the podcast. That's why I give you the extra three minutes. Uh, yes. I mean, it's 75 to 99 uh, to 97 on my, on my website. I do have a section saying we are 138. That's more just a misfits joke than anything. <laughs> um, so, but if you're, if your first movie my rule is if your first movie qualifies, your sequels will qualify. Hence, give Kickboxer... I I loved Kickboxer Vengeance. So I think it was Kickboxer Resurgence was the sequel to that. So it's on the website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, Zombieland 2, especially Zombieland double tap double tap um deserves respects especially because ruben fleischer the director nobody takes him seriously zombieland was great gangster squad was why did you give the guy a a comedy director that movie yeah gangster squad isn't bad it's just really played out yeah and then venom venom tom hardy's performance is why you watch venom it has nothing to do with the direction yeah that is true that's absolutely true i mean i love i love tom hardy's performance in it i i've paid the you know the moment i see it for ten dollars in itunes i'm paying it but <laughs> it's happening yeah take my money right but yeah no it's um so Ruben Fleischer's went back to the well and he gave you gave us what we wanted with Zombieland Double Tap. I mean, you were able to get Bill Murray to show up for a sequel. That's an accomplishment. That's absolutely an accomplishment. Absolutely. I, with that said, though, Ghostbusters Afterlife looking pretty good. That was supposed to come out a while ago, right? And then it got pushed back. Obviously. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
No, and like Ivan Reitman, the father of the director. Well, I mean, just to have the director Jason Reitman behind it. Jason Reitman has directed nothing but like Oscar bait. Really, that is, that is true. That yeah. it's, so, it's in good hands. It's in good hands. You're right. So yeah. you got a great director, and like all I've really seen from Afterlife is a scene where Paul Rudd, timeless mother fudger. Yeah, the fact that he's in his fifties, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I was at C two E two when he was talking about eating babies before he went out and d- to shoot scenes in Clueless. <laughs> that was a, that was an interesting panel. It was the Clueless panel. You had Alicia Silverstone, oh Paul, yes, Paul Rudd, Donald Faison, and Breckenmeyer. Oh, Breckenmeyer was there. That's cool. Yeah. So I did not buy a Stormtrooper. No, no. Breckenmeyer was Superman on Robot Chicken. The point of the matter is, like, if I have some spare coin, I'm going to buy a Breckenmeyer. I'm going to buy a Superman for Breckenmeyer to sign and a Stormtrooper for Donald Faison to drive to sign because Donald Faison was uh, Frank, I think it was, the Stormtrooper on Robot Chicken. <laughs> um. Oh, good old robot chicken. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess I'm really optimistic about cinema. I really kind of wish HBO and Disney would say, go to the theaters. Yeah. Because I really, like, I want to watch Mortal Kombat. I want to watch Justice League. But I think the problem with watching it at home is I can hit the pause button anytime. Yeah. Like I watched the Joker during pandemic and it's like, all right, it's a two hour movie. It took me two hours, 45 minutes to watch because I kept like, Oh, I could do this in the meantime. Yeah. I I am nervous. I I will be honest. I am nervous. I'm I'm fully vaccinated now. So, well, no, no, that's not what I'm nervous about. I'm fully vaccinated as well. I'm everything's good there. What I'm nervous about is yeah, theaters are struggling. And I think they were struggling even before. Oh, yes. And and I think and I think this just really put the dagger in. Cuz what I didn't understand, what I didn't realize the severity of is it was only a month or two into the pandemic when AMC was already talking about bankruptcy, yeah. which which tells me that they were struggling already. Yeah. And and we just didn't really know. Um that's scary because AMC is the big dog and if they go down then well, everybody will eventually go down, which is a scary thing. Right. And and a world without theaters, I don't know what I'd want to do. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I do like watching movies at home. I think it's cool that people have that option now because I've talked to a handful of people that prefer watching the new movies at home than going to the theater. I get that. That's fine. But No, I don't get that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, for me personally, no. I, yeah. I would not do that. But, um. I mean, I'll, the only the only reason is bottom line, but that's part of the beauty of cinema is that thirty dollar gamble. It's an experience, man. Yeah, it's an experience, and um, man, I'll even I'll even go this far too. So when the pandemic was going on, the only theater I could go to was the drive-in theater. Yeah, and even just doing that was just magical for me. Like I'm like, dude. Like it just, it just put into perspective for me that like, if there ever does come a day, a time where 
going to the theater is not accessible anymore. It, it really makes me reflect on, you know, how good we have it right now. Yeah. And, and hopefully, at least in my lifetime, hopefully it'll stay that way. I don't know if it will, um, but um, we'll see. We'll find out. Well, I guess my standpoint is like, okay, if we lose the theater, we lose the theater. As long as we get this art still being made and we respect it as something separate than television, I, I, I'll, I'll be fine with that. Or we'll just we'll just open the art theater back up. I'm sorry. We'll just we'll just, we'll just open the art theater back up. That's yeah, we'll no, fifty thousand dollars. It can be done, folks. <laughs> so we just need investors, man. We just need a we just need a group of people <laughs> that are passionate about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's a weird, screwy environment that we couldn't come up with twenty five thousand dollars. Maybe I'll. Uh... What could I do? I mean, I'm working. I'm working. I'm pleading. Blue Chew, sponsor us. I will. Let's do it. Blue Chew, Roman swipes. uh... (laughs) I I, I use. Hello, fresh. uh, Hey, I use the uh, Manscaped lawnmower. Manscaped lawnmower 3.0. It gets the job done. I got exposed to Dollar Shave Club via podcast. Yes. I love that extra blade. Yes, I did. So, so, so guys, just do that, and then we'll take that money and we'll use it to good use, and we'll buy a theater. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. What else are you going to do with the art theater property? In all honesty, they're not going to do anything else with it. It's just going to yeah. sit there and rot. Yeah. And it shouldn't. I mean, dude, I was. Uh, I think the last time I went there was they did a free screening, and it, it, the movie wasn't even out in theaters yet. It, I think the studio let them do it. Mm-hmm. It was a free screening of Happy Death Day to You before it huh. came out. Last time I was at the art theater in downtown Champaign on Church Street. Granted, everything's shutting down on Church Street. What the yeah. heck happened to Distill and Mega? Dude, Distill. I'm still not over that. And I dude, that's the other thing. That's the other thing because we were talking about AMC. Distill was building another location. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened and then they closed. So I'm thinking to myself, like, how does that like were they really just doing that risky of a move to 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 build a separate location when they weren't financially stable and then the pandemic happened and then they really had to shut down? Like that it just blew my mind. Like I couldn't believe that. Because everybody that I've talked to that lives in this area would go there once a week. So I don't know how the hell they weren't making money. Well, I, I drove people there once a week, at least working for the iHotel. But yes, um, dude, it was Distill was like a staple of downtown. Well, I think Mega probably more than Distill because, yeah, I think Distill, they probably still have a Bloomington location where they're based out of the breweries based out of. Yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, digress. Um, yeah, it's um there's no reason for the art theater to be closed. No, man. Um uh, maybe Ebert Fest, once we get past this pandemic, we can probably warrant opening it again, but um Dude, I got to see Argento films there. Like come oh, on. No, I watched um Deep Red, baby. Deep I'm sorry? Red. It was Deep Red. That, that I got oh. to see Deep Red there. Um, I didn't see Deep Red there. I know the drunken zombie guys had it uh, in Peoria once. I didn't. I wasn't able to catch that one. 
it's 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 a it's it's a I did see I did see the I did see the Suspiria remake at the art theater. Okay, yeah. Um, and you know, a couple months before that, I saw Rocky Horror and I saw Phantasm. So awesome, awesome. I wanted to see the room there, but I could never make it. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, (laughs) man. If you don't have Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and uh kevin murphy i would not watch the room (laughs) i did it i'm not i mean that's just such a ill i don't know if i'd say ill-advised it was such a (laughs) such an ego trip man you're tearing me apart lisa (laughs) like like any pornography director cannot do tommy wiseau any pornography director i did not hit her is bullshit i did not oh, oh hi mark no have you seen the sex scenes oh it's fantastic oh no oh and the score oh, oh yeah no oh it's it sounds like um the backstreet boys if they're in middle school and it's just amazing oh. <laughs> it's every time yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm ready to finally get around to the disaster artist. I should not have put myself through that. Like, oh, yeah, Birdemic. No, you can't watch that without Ooh, somebody. Birdemic's rough, yeah. Birdemic, the shit throughout it. A day without sex is a day wasted, man. <laughs> <laughs> the fact, too, like when, when they interview the director of that movie, he thinks he legitimately thinks that it's a good movie. Yeah. He thinks that he made a good movie. <laughs> I can't believe that. Like, I'm pretty sure he made those animations on, like, Windows 98. <laughs> yeah, no, and, I mean, there's other... I've been trying to get Mark Oldham on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I love out. Mark. Mark's a good guy. Yeah, well, I will call you out, Mark, on that one. Uh, what is his name? Neil? I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Because I think uh, your movie sucks does uh, videos on them. I can't remember. Neil, Neil Breen. Neil Breen. Yes, Neil Breen. I love that you just brought him up. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, I his mean, movies that, are a trip. <laughs> that speaks to the value of a feature like Dance of the Dead. Oh yeah. There is no question that I put baseball game of the dead or any or song of the dead or chess game of the dead or city council meeting of the dead there's no bloody way you're going to take that seriously no but dance of the dead knows that you're not going to take it seriously and then blows your freaking mind oh so good so i just see we're really going on and on and on um and uh so you know we gotta end this before uh zoom says look we gave you an extra hour why why are we pushing it further so uh where are you registered for those who want to um help the future wit couple (laughs) oh absolutely yeah we are registered at amazon and target All right. And we have some wonderful little trinkets that still need to be bought on there for our lovely apartment here that we live in. 
Um, we're, we also are accepting donations to our honeymoon fund because we're going to Disney world for a week. So that's a thing. Wow. It's going to be my first time. It's like her family, her family goes there like once every couple of years. It's a really big deal for them. No, I've Um, been there. I used to, when I was living at home, it used to be a every five year thing. And then there was, um, I mean, I, yeah, then there was being the black sheep. <laughs> yes. Last time was there was 2015, just before Star Wars rebooted. So. Okay, yeah. I I envy you. I'm just more of the if Rick's um, if uh, Governor DeSantos isn't gonna require COVID vaccine passport, then screw Florida, is my opinion. But oh, yeah, gosh, Disney World is a total is totally different than Florida, though. Yeah, Same it's it's campus. it's its own thing. It's its Stay own on campus, and you're fine. Absolutely, absolutely. But yep, I will so, say, I always love to see Gatorland whenever I'm in Florida. Yeah, yeah. No, I so for me, I don't really have a choice because my parents moved to Florida a couple of years ago. Oh. Um, so I don't really have a choice in the <laughs> I uh, and it was so random too because my dad worked for the same company for a long time, and then one day he just decided that he wanted to change. Um, I think there was a better offer on the table. Oh no, I, 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 you, you can't, you don't need to justify parental decisions. No, no, no. Um, but it was, it was scary at first. Cause it was, it was the first time that I didn't live in the same state as my parents. So it was like kind of terrifying because oh. whenever, whenever I would have one of my meltdowns, I would just have to drive like an hour or two to just yeah. like, Oh no, I, I know how that goes. But uh, yeah, no, now if I have a mental breakdown, I have to get on a flight now. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I mean, it's like... As a wrestler, I made the trip to Jacksonville in a day. So wait, really? Cause that's where my parents live. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's not that. Uh, I think one um, funny story about the Jacksonville trip. It's uh, so I end up, so we go and overnight we make it to Brunswick. Uh, no, we make the Jacksonville. That's where we were staying. The show was in Brunswick, Georgia. Okay. Um, so we did the show in Brunswick, Georgia the next day. I get severely concussed. I can only dock. I can only go in remember it through the videotape of it wow um, funny story about that new jack stabbed a guy the new jack the wrestler stabbed a guy um it's documented on dark side of the way, ring dude stabbed, i love that series stabbed a guy about nine times in that promotion and thank you new jack i will say that <laughs> um so yeah so severely concussed on the trip back, we end up stopping at two places. I think we just um, granted it was it was rough, and it's it's local. I mean, it's BS indie wrestling. That's all I can really say. I was uh, when that event occurred, and when I got my severe concussion, I was probably two months in. Like I debuted three weeks after after I started training with the promotion in Peoria. Wow. Then a month and a half later, I'm trying to wrestle in Georgia and I get the shit kicked out of me. So what are your, um, just cause you talked about dark side of the ring mm. and just because this is kind of personal for me. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Chris Benoit? All right. I have, um, I've been on the WWE 
is responsible for Chris Benoit's murder-suicide stance um, since about day one. Yeah. Um, now, whenever I see concussion lawsuits come up against WWE, and when you mention demolition, um, and a lot of the names involved, it's like, no, you guys don't count. I hate to discredit the guys who took a beating for to make professional wrestling what it is. But once 2001 came around and WWE had bought its competition, I mean, Ring of Honor was still a year away. TNA was a year and a half away. Yeah. Thus, you did not have competition. Hence, you did not have to bleed your guys out you did not have to take have them taking unnecessary risk. So anybody after 2001, I'm going to say March 1st, 2001, you should be WWE should be held responsible for your concussion trauma. Uh, Chris Benoit, from all I've gathered, and I met the man once. Oh, that's lucky. I um like. I was working at a gas station at the time in Morton, Illinois, 10 minutes east of Peoria. WWE had WrestleMania 22 in Chicago at Rosemont. Yep. And then they had their SmackDown taping in Peoria. Okay. So, you know, I sold, I was trying my best to tell Randy Orton, you can't buy a Fedra in Illinois. <laughs> um, then the night afterwards, the SmackDown taping, you know, I knew Cole Cabana for a while. Yeah. It was very cool. But as I'm doing stuff, like I run into Jay Bradley, Bradley, Brad Bradley, whatever name you want to call him by. And I just shout out, why is every mother loving worker stopping by my gas station tonight? Um, I met, uh, I was introduced to John Morrison and Molina. Nice. But at the time, I was working second shift at a gas station, so I didn't know crap about SmackDown. Okay. So it was a very awkward as the people at the Arby's next door is trying to, oh, we have a wrestler in our, at the gas station. And it's like, yeah, I'm not immediately recognizing you two. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. 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 Uh, Earl Hefner stopped by. He was cool. Ray Mysterio stopped by. I tried dropping. Well, I haven't seen that face in a while. <laughs> <laughs> he ignored that one. Oh, um, I love it. But then Chris Benoit came. I jumped off the field desk and said, look, sir, I'm sorry to have bothered you, but I must say, shake your hand. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I don't think Chris Benoit is an evil individual by any means. Well, he seemed like a super genuine guy from yes. everything I've gathered. Oh, yeah. And his kid was there, um, David. Yeah. So, I mean, no, everything looked cool. Uh, Chris Benoit, I really think it's just a victim of the industry. And it's an industry that could have changed six years prior. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like... I put it this way. If you're going to recognize the Bella twins in the hall of fame and they represent the worst about women's wrestling. Yeah. You should rep. And you're going to have Jimmy Snuka. Cause Lord, no, you were pushing Tamina Snuka 
in rest at wrestlemania like oh this legend's daughter could have a chance you want to say that legend's name please yeah if you're gonna push the snookas give crispin like acknowledge the poor spots in your history that's all i say about wwe all right it's gonna like you induct crispin wall into hall of fame oh all the questions that will be asked and it's like yeah maybe those questions should be asked so you know it's not going to happen till vince mcmahon dies yeah um and now i'm just like i don't want to wish death upon anybody but it sounds like a good time to recite the pipe bomb promo yeah (laughs) i you know (sighs) Yeah, it's and it's gonna be tough when Dark Side of the Ring does Dynamite Kid. Like, I love Dynamite. I have a I have a tank top for Dynamite. It's just yeah, WWE is super hard because I, I, I rode hard for them for so many years. Um and just the Chris Benoit thing really bothers me and the Owen Hart thing really bothers me. Those are like the two things that like really bother me. Well, Owen Hart, I was in England when it happened. Like I woke up, my mom told me, Hey, do you know Owen Hart? And look, Bret Hart is, I believe the screw job was a work, but if anybody made it believable, it was Bret Hart. Oh, so you think Bret was in on it? Yes. Okay. But I'm, he, but he still plays it though. He still oh, plays no, Brent, it. Up. Brent Hart's a consummate professional. Don't. Yeah, that's because, true. I mean, if you watch wrestling in shadows, um, his wife is way too in on it. She's trying to win a bloody Oscar for a documentary. <laughs> so, Vince McMahon would not have exposed himself like that if it wasn't a work. You wouldn't think so. You'd think he's smarter than that, right? Yeah. And no, I don't think Brett ever expected to get $18 million out of it. Yeah. But. um, Well, no. Brett wouldn't have gotten $18 million if Owen hadn't fallen from the ceiling of Kemper Arena. So. It's a screwed up situation. Owen, I really wish Martha. I mean, it just comes down to this. Nobody's following. If you're not an AEW fan, you're not following Dave Meltzer. So in 20 years, Owen is just going to be a footnote. I don't want, I understand you not wanting to sell your husband out to the guys who killed him. But his mem, he, he's so important to the business. I really, I don't know how to do it. Like maybe AEW should talk to, talk to Martha to do a tournament or something for his honor. I think, yeah, I, I think, I think that's, I think that'd be a good thing. I think that'd be a good start. I, cause that's a hard, it's a hard thing for me to think about. I don't know why it bothers. I mean, I know why it bothers me so much. I, I know that, I mean, um, but it just, say it was just a, it was just an accident. All right. 
and yeah, WWE deserved to pay hundreds of millions of dollars for it. But it doesn't change the fact that for 20 years, Owen Hart was an important part of my life. And I shouldn't say 20 years. He was really only involved from 1992 to 1999. But he was the heart, the most athletic heart there was. Yeah. I mean, 100%. He, sh- he was more, he had the potential to be greater than Bret Hart. And that really hurts the mother Smacker who loves him some Bret Hart. Yeah. So. No, he was, to my knowledge, he was doing things in the game that were never done before. Yeah. The good, the guy was a con, was a good ribber. You don't hear about good ribs in professional wrestling. Yeah. You only hear about shit in bags. Yeah. I just watching the episode of Dark Side of the Ring on that. Yeah. And 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 hearing his final words too. I haven't actually watched that Dark Side. Uh, I mean, it's I haven't given the Benoit or the Onar. I mean, those guys. I mean, I wanted to like I told my dad I really want to train in Calgary when we were talking about uh, exchanging my college, my junior college education for wrestling school. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a cool area, man. I, uh, I lived in Edmonton, so it wasn't that far. Oh, well, geez, no, you're, you're in fucking hell compared to Calgary. I mean, <laughs> this, I'm talking from a guy who worked for Ryder customer response center. Like if you're broke down, dude, if you're not on highway one, you're, you're, you're shag day. Eh? <laughs> oh yeah I, yeah i <laughs> it made me appreciate hockey a lot yeah oh <laughs> gosh I love, I love hockey so yeah I'm a, I'm a huge oilers fan now oh well i mean you got Connor mcgregor and all <laughs> me i am a minor i mean i love my minor league hockey so i kind of uh circle around the Phillies with not the Phillies, the flyers with their, uh, broad street style. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to win you championships now, but, and never mind. I kind of consider myself part of the woke portion that says the Blackhawks should really work on getting rid of that, uh, native American head, but I digress. Oh yeah. Good old Blackhawks. Huh? So, yeah. But uh, we have ran quite a ways, and it's great, honestly, because I have not, you know, when you work at Best Buy, you may get one good conversation with a person a week. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I would say Best Buy right now, it's a different environment, and you don't really get that chance. And I'm not going to badmouth Best Buy for that. This coming from a guy who's like, when am I, when when can I get comfortably put my notice in? Um, they're doing their best for part-time workers, and I think everything will work out fine once you get rid of all the people you spoiled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good start. So, um, yeah, but uh, so yeah, we've definitely. I mean, we started this probably around eight forty-five or so. So, I think um, 
you know, we we covered quite a bit of of uh, Dance of the Dead. I I really don't know. Like, all I can really go on and say is that vengeance violence in Dance of the Dead is awesome. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I yeah, think I did not. I did not immediately recognize how bad Mitchell got his head bashed in <laughs> until the this most recent rewatch. You or, want to smell like that, or do you want to smell like vanilla bean <laughs> air freshener? <laughs> or um, the the uh, biology teacher who we discussed having the lamest performance in the film. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. his death. Uh, I feel bad for Jensen. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Rod, not so much. A little more yeah. effort to the science club, you wouldn't have been there. <laughs> uh, but I will say, like, Cemetery Man, an old Italian horror movie starring Rupert Everett. Oh, yeah. Was all right. You got to stick mean, to the path. Yeah. <laughs> Try to keep my job, man. Very, very, just very observant of the entire, well, what if type situation. Um, Hit him in the brain. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only way they no, die. That's, that's a great underappreciated character. Yeah. <laughs> very realistic character because that's just, that's just America. Oh, yeah. Um, no, he's the typical redneck. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you've got it. So, spoiler alert. The groundskeeper of the funeral home by the nuclear power plant knows what's going on. He knows what's going on from day one. Yes. Yeah. They make that very apparent. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so we have addressed all this. I mean, Dance of the Dead definitely deserves a 15th anniversary DVD be it 2024 or 2025 shout factory do you hear me yeah for real they're 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 the big dogs in this race so yeah we need need to get them on that they need to get the rights yep (laughs) and we need to get on that i want interviews i want making of (laughs) maybe maybe do like an interview with sam raimi where he talks about the whole ghost house franchise Mm -hmm. uh i want it all give it all to me I want it all uh, do like a, where they are now with all the cast. Like mm-hmm. there's probably some of them that aren't even acting anymore. Some oh, of them yeah. be like EMT somewhere. I mean, who knows? Right. <laughs> right. Hey, if you can't get Sam Raimi, Ted is more than willing to spill the beans. Yes. yes. Which with Ted, um, I know somebody, I think it was uh, his Twitter handle is at HM jewels was boasting about watching midnight meat train. Oh yeah, which is a couple minutes too long for ninety for chill, but Ted Raimi is involved in my for- first gorgasm Ooh. from Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> the is rest that- of the movie, not you know, eh, it's fine. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong here. Is that the is that the horror movie that Bradley Cooper's in? Yes, yeah, so it's Vinnie Jones. Is the that's crazy that he's in? Yeah. That. Oh no the the scene there's I I don't know if you've seen it but. It's been a long time. Yeah, Vinnie Jones is roaming subways looking for looking to make fresh meat. Yeah, and there's a scene with Ted Raimi and a meat cleaver and a loose eyeball. Yes. Yeah. No, that is just that makes the movie entirely worth watching. 
I remember it being a good time. I, I would yeah. I would appreciate to watch it again. Yeah, no, definitely worth the rewatch just for that scene. Yeah, especially yeah. how that scene closes. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. Let's just say if you watch the movie Severance <laughs> and the yeah. argument about decapitations, that's all I'll say. Fair enough. I yeah. love it. But thank you very much, uh, Mitchell, for coming on the podcast your podcast again is the i love the alliteration i'll say that um yes uh, the morbidly macabre podcast yeah uh on apple on apple podcasts and spotify i only mentioned those two because Podbean, who I'm working through, did not mention Stitcher at all. But uh, I don't want to get into my lack of support for Stitcher. That's a different. I mean, I got to work towards that Blue Chew money again. So that's right, baby. Blue Chew. Let's go. So, so that's where you can find uh, Mitchell. Uh, you can find me at uh, Main Event Zombie if you want all the podcast updates. At Catbus Russ on Twitter is where I'm doing my most personal posting. A lot of kitty pics. Well, more kitty pics if you go to 90s at 90 for chill. Let's just face it. I will sit on any name I can grab if I think it's clever and close enough to me. Um, if you want to support uh, the podcast, go to 90forchill.com. That's where all the 90-minute reviews are written. Main event of this dead.com is my primary blog. And I'd love to hear about you wanting to be a guest. Just need a director, a movie, actor, theme. As long as this stuff we're talking about is under 100 minutes, I will talk to you. Uh, dark web, web be damned. My web email address is rustthebus07 at gmail.com. So thanks for uh, tuning in. Thank you again, Mitchell. Anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off? No, I, I think you covered it all. I appreciate being on. I had a blast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like I said, come and check me out at Morbidly Macabre. We would love all the listens that we can get. Um, and we also will be at a couple of conventions this year too. If you guys want to meet us in person. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll get more details when I have them. Um, Brian, uh, the, one of the guys with us on the podcast, he runs his own um, horror con every month here in Champaign. It's called dark history and horror con. Oh, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Just never gotten around to it. Well now, now you have a chance to now, now you gotta come. Uh, so yeah, we'll have a booth there. Um, we're actually running a film festival there, which I'm helping run as well. Um, so come say hi to me, come meet me. I'll sign your tits, whatever you want to do. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we will also be, we were invited to dead con, which I believe is the weekend after, uh, dark history and horror con. And that's going to be in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And that's a pretty big one too, that we yes. will also have a booth at. Um, so come and check us out there too. We'd love to meet you. Um, and, uh, yeah, we love Russ. You guys love Russ and, uh, was very happy to talk about dance of the dead and hopefully we can come back sometime and talk about something else. Super cool. Well, you know, you know, I'm going to keep posting my reviews, so something will probably grab your attention. I hope <laughs> I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be 
a time in the in the near or distant future that I will be back. Well, thank you very much for Mitchell for coming through, which is the biggest thing I'm preaching right now when it comes to 90 for chill. Um, thanks again. Uh, it's great talking to you. Great catching up. Good luck next week with the nuptials. And I hope your first child is a masculine child. I appreciate it, man. I need all the luck I can get. So thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and and I'm just quoting the Godfather. I really don't give a crap about the gender of the child. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what it's going to be. All right. Thank you very much, Mitchell. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Can I hear a wahoo?